wild. Like I'm a homeowner, you know, we have our family out here and there, I would have never been able to own a house like in a million years in California. It's just, you know, yeah, you got out. I got out. <laughs> We're I'll still over here trying still <laughs> contemplating it, but you got out. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. It's, um, let me yeah. move over. So I'm in the center. There you go. That's <laughs> good to know. Um, that's what a lot of my friends say. They're like, you got out just like in the middle of time because politically it's wild there. Um, what they're doing with like, like the looting laws, education. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a beautiful state. I lived in Southern California in Orange County and, you know, oh. there's some family. Yeah. I don't know if you, Evan, if you are familiar with OC or if you're in the area. Yeah. We're all from we're OC. All of us are Orange County boys. Orange County. Yep. For some yep. reason, I had a feeling you would be, I don't know why, but I just like, <laughs> I got that vibe. <laughs> How many dudes have we said already? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I went to Altura High School, if you guys are familiar. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I went to Altura, graduated from UCI, um, but actually started oh. at a um, at Saddleback College, which is a community college. And, right, right. Uh, and I tell everybody, I'm like, if you can't afford it, if you don't know what you want to do yet, like, there's literally no shame in starting at a community college because saves you so much money you can still get you know an awesome experience you know transferring to a four-year but um Mm -hmm. yeah i got my degree in psychology department of cognitive science so um, i was actually the other psychology degree which was like more theory and like actually therapy based and like i still want to do that now we can get into that more later in the conversation um and i was like well i don't know if i want to be like a therapist because the not like the standard model is nothing's bad with it, but I wanted to do like plant medicine, um, you know, like mushrooms or MDMA, um, for like veterans and even for like first time moms. I think that first time moms would benefit mm. a lot from like microdosing. Um, so like okay, we'll oh, get yeah. into all this and stuff. But I was a tour guide at UCI, and then I learned that there was a different one, and that's where we learned about like the mind body problem, which was super fascinating. Are any of you familiar with that by chance? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. What, what do you mean exactly? Like my for, first of all, welcome to the K podcast, guys. It's Teresa, <laughs> we got Kenny, Jermaine, Q, and this special guest, Christina Islas. She just gave an intro, so you guys are all caught up. Welcome to the show. <laughs> but mind body problems is that more like trauma, psychological, like PTSD type of stuff? So I believe it was uh, Rene Descartes who was the one that kind of coined this term. So the mind-body problem is basically where, you know, nitrogen, hydrogen, oxygen, we're like all these things where we share like 60% same DNA as a banana. We're like 70% water. (laughs) Uh (laughs) And we're like all these like scientific molecules, right? But like how does it go from, you know, those scientific reactions to this conscious conversation there's still a disconnect uh between those two like we still don't know exactly how i'm looking at the screen right now and this image of the screen and i'm able to see all of you on the podcast is reflecting onto my two retinas it's going through like my optic chasm it's you know processing in my optic nerve um sorry it's already processed through my optic nerve and i'm like being able to see and you know understand and interact with this image within my brain that's basically the mind body problem how do we go from like this literal objective chemical thing to like this objective actual experience of like human of humanity if that makes sense are are you saying more like the connection or the missing link of how we became just kind of primitive 
um, yeah. beings that are just out for survival into more just philosophical, conscious. spiritual, yeah, more conscious minded beings. Yeah, more consciousness. Um, there's a lot of interesting uh, theories as to how, you know, we got here today, you know, whether it was, you know, the primitive, um, you know, Darwinism theory where we came from like apes, right? Or um, apes became sentient by eating mushrooms and suddenly they became self-aware <laughs> and developed mm -hmm. language. That's actually like a right, right. Chance McKenna, I'm sure some of you are aware. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, it, it, it could have been like, you know, the religion theory, but <clears throat> you want to go down that road um but the mind body problem is literally like the the science behind of how we go from chemicals to experience like that's one of the hardest questions in science today and that's something that's always fascinated me hmm. it's magic no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> yeah like like disney style um, one of the points i actually wanted to bring up was I'm sure once we talk about our talking points, it'll come up that a lot of the truth and a lot of hidden knowledge is sprinkled in mainstream media, mm -hmm. either there to deter us from the truth or to just put it out in the open, put it in plain sight, right? Yeah. Um, and I feel like Disney is one of the main brands and the biggest name that sprinkles the truth out there. I wouldn't say to shed light on on hidden knowledge but more so as a as a way to deter you from doing any further investigation and just coming up to the conclusion oh it's just magic like patrick said you know absolutely mm -hmm. what, what would be like one of your more recent examples because um i have i have a lot of feelings and thoughts about disney <laughs> oh I, yeah i don't let my daughter i don't show her any disney movies i'm like nope you're not watching that like I don't know if you guys are familiar with like some of the, I don't want to say innuendos, but like the hidden messages. In yes. Yeah. Okay. Right. So totally the first, aware one, of it. first yeah. one I heard about, this was way when I was younger, was the word sex came out in um in Lion King, right? Mm -hmm. So I saw that and then I saw that there was a penis shape in the back. A Little the, Mermaid. The Yeah, the poster of The Little Mermaid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And from there, I went down a rabbit hole and... You know, in YouTube, you go down conspiracy rabbit holes and shit, they just feed you everything you need to know to, oh, yeah. to, to join the cult. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I actually prepped up a, uh, a video for later on, but awesome. uh, looking further into it, Walt Disney, he was before Disney became what it was. Walt Disney, he was, first of all, really into outer space, but he was he was really good friends with Warner Von Braun and like the whole NASA team. So there might be some, some more looking into that. So, some, that might be something worth looking into, you know, but one, one thing I, I, I think is a, a big sore thumb right now currently is monsters Inc and adrenochrome. Mm. I feel like adrenochrome still is a more mythological idea that people really haven't accepted. Um, but yeah, I think that one's right in front of your face, putting it out there. I remember somebody, I saw that in a post and I was like, how did I not connect the two that it's literally like, what is it? Manifesting fear, like harvesting mm -hmm. fear for their energy. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's adrenochrome. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's a real exactly. thing. Like when they talk about, um, what is it? Harry Styles' new song, Watermelon Sugar. That's like hinting at it. Um, bunny. Okay. Um, yeah, anything that has like bunnies, um, panda eyes, which is like, you know, related to abuse, 
And that's what children, right. if they had like any kind of like brutal abuse, like it's going to show up in their eyes. Lady Gaga is very famous for like uh, sporting that look. Um, mm. but it's, yeah, it's, it's wild. And I'm pretty sure that Walt Disney was a Freemason. He has Club 33 at Disneyland. And right, right. he is like the highest level of, of Freemasonry. And there's this officer, there's like a, a video floating around that some of you might have seen, but he actually talks about all the different pillars and like what it what it's actually like and how it functions. Um, but I'll pause there. There's there's mm. a lot in Disney. There's there's so much. Yeah. It's like they've been trying to desensitize us for so long with this, you know. Now you got Bal- the whole Balenciaga thing going on. Yeah. With how the imagery they're using, like you said, the pandas, they had those bears wearing they had these right. kids holding these bears with BDSM chains and things on them. Just like who who in their right mind thought that would be okay? And they're saying, It's not our fault. <laughs> I was like, you, you guys knew <laughs> what you guys were working on. And, and not just that. I mean, the the stuff in the background, like it had, um, how can I say, like court rulings, I guess, past court rulings or something. There was a lot of. About um, Balenciaga? Yeah, I'm yeah, still Balenciaga's talking about Balenciaga. Campaign. Yeah, it was, there was a lot of subliminal messages in that, in those photo shoots. And in a way, I'll be honest, like with everything that's happening right now, uh, here in the U.S., I'm actually glad that a lot of people push back against this, um, and, and instead of accepting it, because I was afraid that it was going to be accepted, just like a lot of other things. But no, Ew. so yeah, yeah. You guys see that video of that um, that guy holding a purse that had blood in it with like mm-hmm. little baby dolls in it? No. It's like at a fashion show or something. Yeah, it was a Balenciaga bag, and I guess some cameraman saw these sus kids walking around. So they asked him what was in the bag. And so the kids like showed, just showed like a brief peek of what was in the bag. And they had like blood, like these garments that had blood in it and these little doll mannequins. Yeah. It's really weird. But sadly, do you guys think Balenciaga is going to really get canceled? I feel like they're too no. big. No. Yeah. No, Kim Kardashian I, do, I despise like Kardashians, by the way. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it was like, um, I'm going to think about it. And if they decide that they're going to remove it, maybe I'll continue a, a relationship. But they're like so quick to cancel somebody like Dr. Seuss, who actually like, mm-hmm. like not being a racist. <laughs> but they're going to cancel Dr. Seuss. He was also a man of his time. I yeah. Mean, come on. Like, that was just. And then I'm sure now his family's like, oh, yeah, that's terrible. But. Yeah, like you said, everyone's so quick to cancel other people, but then it's all selective outrage, you know. Absolutely, it's whatever fits their agenda. They'll be mad about it, but then if someone's going, eh, we'll let it go, you know. And yeah. that's kind of what's going on with Balenciaga. Like a lot of people, people are burning their clothes. I'm like, okay, that's cool, I guess, but that's that's like people burning jerseys when they're mad their player left the team. It's yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. pretty much. <laughs> Like how much, how far are you actually going to go? And they have friends in high places. I think Sama mm. Hayek, I think it's her husband, right? That owns Balenciaga. Wow. Um, really? I mean, I'm, wow. like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I, I apologize if I'm incorrect, but I'm pretty sure that's what I saw recently. And Nicole Kidman is also affiliated with Balenciaga. And <sighs> their, her father is like fucked up dude he would do like those live teddy bear hunting like where they would like 
um have you guys heard when they would like go to like even in the u.s and especially like in germany i forget i think it's black forest but i'm i'm totally guessing um they would basically release kids into the forest and they would chase them and it was called a teddy bear hunt and what? like they're, they're winning oh killing and winning like these dead kids and there's a picture of him i think standing on a little toddler and he like shot him down and um wow. he, ninth circle like major satanic pedophilic dude um he's evil like absolutely evil and i don't know if any of you guys have seen eyes wide shut with tom cruise and nicole yes. yep. yeah yeah we watched that recently i was like i only want to see this once because i just want to see what it's all about and it's such a obscure <laughs> movie but i was not surprised at all to see that nicole kimmon was affiliated with balenciaga like right wow i saw to, i saw uh, before seeing that so it's crazy that it all happened yeah let me confirm um Salma Hayek's husband is a chairman and CEO of Caring Group, which is the parent company of Balenciaga. So, yeah, thank you. That. Because Danny doesn't look like it, but he knows a lot about Salma. <laughs> Danny, Danny, Danny doesn't, doesn't like look it. like it, but he interned there. <laughs> Back on uh, the Disney subject, the subject of Disney, did you guys see that uh, documentary on Thomas Washington? The no. Former- no. Uh, he was the CEO for Disney at one point, and he's like the creator of Goofy. Uh, he created the Goofy movie and stuff like that. But if you watch the documentary, he was found dead at um, – it's a lake in California. I don't remember which one. And they don't they don't know if he – if someone killed him or if he did like suicide or something. But um, towards the towards the time that he died, they found like a video he recorded of himself, and he's – um, you know, he's talking about like they and you know, people who may be after him. And he had a big agenda to um he well, he was African American and he had a big agenda mm. to for like African African American rights. And so hmm. um yeah, it was the first time I heard about it was in an Atlanta episode where with Donald Glover he like did an episode on him. It's kind of like a one off, but there's a mm. there's a documentary on him too. That's actually, the, the Tom Washington was actually the, the ATL one. I heard about what you're saying, and I, I looked into that. So mm-hmm. Thomas Washington was just based off of someone else. That that Thomas Washington wasn't exactly real. It was called it was called a mockumentary, mm-hmm. and they kind of use it as a story to tell loosely about someone who was appointed as a CEO. So Thomas Washington, that episode was just for ATL. Um, it wasn't, but. So the the story is like, yeah, he created Goofy Movie, like you said, but the whole story about him isn't necessarily mm-hmm. real. It was about someone else. I forgot who it was, but mm-hmm. um, so, yeah. Oh, there's a whole separate documentary on it, too. So, yeah, yeah probably trying, kinda, to, that's probably trying to, to hear that. Oh, trying to avoid yeah. getting pop pop. You know what I mean? I know. Yeah, probably. that's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry. Like I said, I did the camera. There we go. Let me just do here. Hold on. He's coming back. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Did you know? Apologies, y'all. Okay. He's gonna have to join us. Yeah. <laughs> have your dad in the podcast. It's all good. It's We're back. all inclusive here. What? What else, though? I mean, um, there was something else about Disney. So I, I like, I love the Incredibles, but there was something about Incredibles too. I don't know if any of you guys saw. There was some snippets about like it looked like. I even hate repeating this, but it looks like Jack Jack is giving like one of the family members head at like a dinner table. What? Go back and watch Incredibles mm-hmm. 2 and you, you can see it. 
Um, there was one of the movie directors for Guardians of the Galaxy. He had like straight up pedophilic Twitter like tweets. Mm-hmm. Oh, James Gunn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Low key, people forgot about that because of this DC stuff now. Yeah, and that's like, mm-hmm. why do they keep letting these people come back? Yeah. Um, there's something great. Okay. Money. Yeah, like I'm. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna like jump around like in like. Yeah, perfect, like, perfect. Like, uh, that's fine. Industry. So for sure. What's his name? Okay, so the creator of Rick and Morty. I used to love Rick and Morty, but I won't watch that show anymore because the creator, um, somebody look up his name, please. He made a separate YouTube video where he's like giving a baby. It's like a it's like a, a doll, but he's like making the baby give him head, and it's on. Oh my video. gosh! Yeah, it's fucking weird. And then um, the guy who made iCarly. He was actually banned from Nickelodeon. Oh, yeah. Right. Yes. Dan Schneider or whatever the that fuck. That guy's weird. Yes. Like a oh, my yeah, low God. Key, low key, that's why all, all Nickelodeon logos have that orange footprint yeah. on them. And that's why Amanda Bynes went crazy. Loki, they say that's what they say. What's her face? Britney Spears' sister. Yeah, Jamie Spears. Supposedly, that's that's the dad of her kid. Yes. Supposedly, yeah. It Nick Junior. It's Nick Junior. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Foul, but so fucked up. And then also, what's her name? Jenny McCarthy. McCurney, um, yeah. McCurney, something like that. She dated yeah. one of the football or one of the basketball players, and she was like, "How do you like this dance?" She's like, "Am I?" Am I something now? Like just like totally uh, like lashing out at him. But yeah, wow. Uh, like like my guy, he always like wants to watch movies and stuff. I'm like, no, I won't watch it. Like I don't <laughs> want to support these people, and I hate it. <laughs> like I'm like, I, I I have all the services. I've been trying to cancel Disney Plus for a minute now, and I swear it's like they know because I'll try to log in <laughs> or I'll go into my app and it's like broken. Like you can't access right now. I'm like, you know what I'm trying to do. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, we we watched Black Adam recently. Have, have any of you watched that yet? Yes. With the rock? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Would you Would you guys think about that? I thought it was a good movie. Um, it was. It's definitely something that. DC needed because DC has been so bad as far as their movie universe goes. But yeah, I didn't think it was all that bad, but it was just the rock playing the rock in a costume. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Did you notice that their sign was literally like, Louis yeah, Louis, like, yeah, exactly. Oh, I was like, you see, it's crazy because, like, nowadays, if you've, if in the past you've delved into conspiracy theories mm-hmm. watching mainstream media right now it's like they're mocking you by putting it out there or is it common knowledge now that people are aware of these things right like what is it i think I don't know. it's what the, the higher ups are just hiding in plain sight because they want you to say oh you know if we kind of just joke it's, with them like haha they'll joke with us and not look at it but if we continue hiding it people are going to dig into it so let's just put it in their face and laugh about it and then they'll laugh with us. Yeah. And yeah. we can get away with it more. Yeah. I know. Yeah, slowly slowly release on... out. Go ahead. There's a show on Netflix literally about the Illuminati. It's like, yeah. yeah, it's like the in HR department of the Illuminati. It's like really fucking weird. But <laughs> going back to Nickelodeon, apparently the uh, address on SpongeBob's driver's license yeah. is Jeffrey Epstein's address, right? <gasps> I was so mad about that. I looked it up on Google. <laughs> no, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And I love SpongeBob. I know. 
<laughs> look it up and it literally goes to it on google maps i was oh. so disappointed because i love spongebob and yeah, so yeah. Did you, know, you, know, you know what though <clears throat> in watching a lot of spongebob episodes there was the same thing a lot of um subliminal sexual mm-hmm. messages there sure. i mean there was this one episode i remember where um mr Krabs. i guess they were all dressed they were all dressed because pearl was was making them work uh work uniforms and i don't know mr Krabs fell face forward and then here comes spongebob right behind and then you kind of like he's like there there mr Krabs," and you, it just like the angle looks like he's behind and he's just <laughs> you know oh, no. <laughs> they know yeah. what they're doing. They know. you know the they crazy knew part exactly about, what they were the doing. crazy part about spongebob too was um well, as far as like another weird thing I remember just because Danny brought it up was I remember Mr. Krabs and Patrick were going on a panty raid. You remember that episode? I remember as a kid, I was like, what the, what, what are they doing? Oh, yeah. And it ended up being his daughter's panties. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, That's really all of ended porn up being right Pearl's now. underwear. I was like, whoa, Mr. Krabs. But um, <laughs> the history that oh, people um, that I found out about uh, SpongeBob was that originally the reason why like there's so many like you know like squidward like you know he's gay you know people get that feeling but it's because um that show was originally supposed to be for a gay channel mm-hmm. um it was supposed to be an adult cartoon mm-hmm. but then i guess executives at nickelodeon saw and they thought it was funny so they bought it and so it was produced and they said you got to make it kid friendly hmm. so i guess that's why you see a lot of those sexual references still because it was it was actually meant to go on an adult channel yeah, I think wow. it's supposed to be on Adult Swim. I think it was. I, I can't recall, but it was I remember that it was meant for one thing and it Yeah, it was supposed to go for like a gay channel, uh like a gay adult channel. Wow. And so like the whole thing was like, you know, Squidward was supposed to be like this frustrated gay neighbor and he's attracted to SpongeBob apparently. And it was weird. I was like, oh mm-hmm. <laughs> about yeah, a <laughs> yeah so yeah and it's so the, yeah so it's just weird how nickelodeon saw it like hey i like this let's put it for kids <laughs> oh my god yeah that's crazy now now that you think about it like nickelodeon disney that's pretty much the two main channels that we grew up watching as kids mm-hmm. and like when you watch those shows back you know with disney plus and everything you see all those shows back on so you can rewatch them you catch a lot of things you never realized back then as a kid and lit and reliving the childhood of watching those episodes, you kind of see the subtle programming <laughs> that that oh, these God. scenes, you know, these yeah. these di- dialogues that they, the characters have in between. It, it, it subconsciously programs people. So kudos, first of all, to you for keeping – Disney away from your children, but how hard is that? Because there's a lot of classics that I feel like you know some Disney movies have gems. There's only a few movies that made me cry, and weirdly enough, two of them are Pixar movies. Yeah, (laughs) it's hard, right? Like I love. I'm like, okay, what can? So I hate it because I love Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh-huh. But the spirals are all over Sally's dress, and I realized that <laughs> recently. And I was like, "No!" And the, the spiral hill that they, you know, like you know, find their relationship. 
on mm-hmm. and I was like that sucks but that's like one that I'm not stopping watching one that I really love is Hercules I'm like I watch Me it looking out I'm like okay Zeus was actually like a terrible god who like raped other other goddesses and like would pose as these different people and he was actually like a terrible person so that's mm-hmm. like where I find like the weird storyline that's hidden in Hercules um Aladdin he whispers to her like take off your clothes when she's on the ledge. I don't know if anybody knew, like, heard about that. Um, and so, like, I know, like, in The Little Mermaid, the priest who's marrying the wannabe Ariel, the one that's actually Ursula, he mm-hmm. gets an erection while he's... What? Oh, I did see yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. He actually, what? like, gets honor while they're while he's, like, reading their rights and stuff like that, like, for, for marriage. There's just so much messed up stuff. Like, it's... Yeah. It's and I'm like, wow. okay, I'm like, We'll watch Hercules on the pan. Like, I don't know if anybody's seen, like, I, I really love Peter Pan. Um, mm-hmm. Up, I mean, there's like, there, I don't know. It just depends. I love Wally. I'm like, those ones I feel like are possibly okay. I haven't seen anything wrong with them, but still, I'm just like, I, I'm vegan. <laughs> like, I'm no. a very much, I try to like, vote with my dollar. Um, oh, and right. I'm the same right, about like, right. streaming services. And I had it for free because of, I don't know some AT&T subscription so I was like fine like I wanted mm-hmm. to watch like, the Mandalorian and stuff like that but yeah. now I'm like I don't know if I want to keep paying money to you guys um, you know if you're just going to be terrible a terrible company don't they have enough money anyways <laughs> <laughs> and then when they announced a price increase I look I was like don't you guys have enough money you guys own everything everything <laughs> Why increasing my subscription price by three dollars it's unnecessary. <laughs> they're literally in every single industry. They're in cruise, like, you know, they're in tourism. They're in right. health, which is like with glasses. They're like all over, you know, doctors. They have amusement parks. They have movies. They have TV shows. They have music. Like, they're in absolutely everything. And like, I know that they pay their employees minimum wage. Like, they're very stingy on their, yeah. on their payments. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. They even bought like the air rights over Disneyland, just fun fact. So you'll never, if you notice, if you're at Disneyland, you'll never see a plane flying over because they bought those airplanes. Right. Oh, yeah. wow. It's a no-fly zone. You can't fly well, over. They, they pretty much own Anaheim, I believe, because almost everywhere, yeah. I mean, Disney's such a huge theme park, and then they have the downtown, they have the California, and then even when you're outside of the skirt, like out the skirts of, uh, like, you know, going mm-hmm. down Harbor in Anaheim, <laughs> you still oh see God, a lot of Disney stuff. Yeah, there's, I mean, they're everywhere. Bro, so the crazy thing about that is you leave Anaheim and you go to people's homes and you got Disney Plus, you know what I mean? ESPN, fucking Hulu. It's a monopoly, man. And I think it's a perfect time to play this video. I wanted to play this video because, like we said about the conspiracy theories and Walt Disney being kind of suspect and his ties with, uh, with Werner von Braun, who has did not. Nazi leader who took over NASA. Let me play this video real quick. Mm-hmm. Disney and Pixar hiding truth in plain they sight. Hot location after hot location, where all the knickknacks have on sunglasses. Then they take you to a land far away towards the edge of the shelf. They call it Gnome, Alaska, but they make the pun Gnome, sweet Gnome, showing you that this is your home. This character is not wearing sunglasses because he's at the edge of the world, where the sun barely reaches the coldest place on Earth, Antarctica. He finds the edge, just like we did in Operation Deep Freeze. Then he proceeds to drill, just like they did in Russia. Then he tries to blow it up, just like we did over the Pacific Ocean. 
symbolizing the edge of the known world. And what was the name of the operation we were trying to explode the firmament? Operation Fishbowl. And we see here how if he actually did escape from his home sweet home, beyond the firmament, he would be in water. Pixar obviously got the attention of Walt Disney in this short little film, because Disney Studios has released every single Pixar movie. After all, Disney Studios filmed Operation Deep Freeze, and Walt Disney is an honorary member because he was there when they found the firmament of heaven and where it meets the earth. This is commemorated in his logo of the Magic Kingdom depicting a firmament and a tower whose top would reach unto heaven. Yikes. <laughs> that's you know, that actually reminds me, did anybody watch the first Simpsons movie? Yes. Mm -hmm. I feel yes. like that's the first yes. movie that put it in people's faces that there might be a firmament or a glass bowl. Yes. Mm -hmm. And like Hillary Clinton is always like, you know, something the glass ceiling, like that's not like one of her favorite phrases. Um, mm -hmm. And this is, okay, so I'm going to share something personal, but something that is really interesting that makes me think about this this possible glass firmament. First of all, real question, who logistically would be able to manufacture this massive glass firmament? Like, that's my question. Like, where the fuck would this have been built? Like, who mm -hmm. would have put it here? So, like, that's my, like, if I'm being, like, logical. But then the other thing, so the first time... <laughs> First time I ever did mushrooms was four grams. So I was literally another place. <laughs> <laughs> and when I looked up, I mean, I can get into that, but I won't. But what my point about why I'm bringing this up, when I looked up, it looked like we were in a dome. And we were, we were outside. We were actually in the Ortegas. Um, we were camping. It was like maybe 2 a.m., maybe 3 a.m. by this time. And it literally looked like we were in a dome. And it was very, very weird. So I was like, I don't think that we're in a dome. But, like, I just, like, why is that something that I saw? I think that, like, hmm. I think the psychedelics actually, like, reveal to you, like, what's actually beyond what's being filtered between your right, eyes. Right, right. Um, but that's just something interesting that I thought. Kind of strip away the layers. Yeah, when I when mm -hmm. I first saw the Simpsons movie, I was already in a conspiratorial mindset mm -hmm. and none of it resonated with me as far as taking any, anything that that movie put out seriously or mm -hmm. looking into any clues that they might've shown, shown in that movie. But one thing I always remember is this one time I remember looking up in the sky during like this parent teacher conference back in like middle school. And I saw one of those rockets. Well, this is what they explain it, right? I saw one of those rockets or satellites I get shot up in the air and make this like weird light sensation where it looks like a rocket is hitting the quote unquote firmament. Mm. Um, I'll try to put up a video, but anyways, the explanation of that really didn't make sense to me. They said that that was a rocket right now. If you see it recently, they say it's SpaceX putting out their satellites, but it looks like, I think, and, and this is from my knowledge and from what I've looked into, I don't think firmament is like a manufactured glass. I think it's more of like an ethereal force mm. field kind of thing. Because mm. apparently they say as above, so below. Once mm. you pass that firmament, you cross into another ocean, which is like the galactic ocean. And I think the lore behind that is if you go down, I don't know. We had this conversation. I don't know if firmament is more inner earth or flat earth. 
or mm. if they coexist. But I think from my beliefs is if you go down to inner earth, there's a portal that takes you. Yeah. Some kind of weird warp wormhole. Yes. You know what I mean? And yeah. this goes back into Avatar and all these stories you hear about submarines finding lakes underwater mm-hmm. that they can't cross because it's too buoyant or whatever. Right. That's- so the weird thing right now, and I feel like this is something that Disney and all the production companies are pushing is underwater, like aliens underwater avatar right now. And this is a perfect segue about like nature and communicating with nature and psychedelics. But yeah, I feel like they're pushing underwater beings, aquatic, like apes, mermaids and stuff. What do you guys think about that? I've always had a big fear of the ocean, so that shit's fucking creepy to me. Yeah, same here. <laughs> as long as there's no dolphins for you, we'll be good. Oh, dolphins <laughs> creep me out, man. Yeah. Must have been scared watching no. Way of Water, huh? <laughs> no, well, what, what I'll say to that is, I I really think that no matter where where in history, media kind of always portrays what they're like. They're trying to normalize something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the 90s, obviously, we saw all these action slash terrorist movies. 9-11 happened. Then we started getting a bunch of alien movies. Uh, you know, just like the uh, I really like the fourth kind. And there was just a bunch of just different aliens. And then what happened years, a few years ago, uh, the CIA pretty much confirmed, yeah, there's there's aliens. Thank yeah, you. UFOs and why stuff. it didn't blow up though? That's you know why it my didn't blow up? question. You know why it, why it didn't blow up? Because people were fed up with the lockdown. They said we don't care. <laughs> Let us out of the house. Let us out of the house. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. uh, they try to do. Yeah, that. I remember they released that when people were getting so fed up with being at home and locked up, and so CIA is probably like, "Fuck, we got to give them something." Aliens are real, and everyone's like. I don't give a shit. <laughs> that's a, but even I think around that's that time that they have think, though. That's a play that they have. If they have information that they have to release because of like a court order, like the vaccine mm-hmm. stuff with Pfizer, they'll make something happen so that you know this little bit of information that's worth knowing goes by without making any attention. So, as planned, I feel like you know <laughs> everything goes according Absolutely. to plan. You, if, oh, you no, go ahead. You can go. Oh, no, 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Since we're talking about like the firmament and like underwater marine bases and like you all should watch Cosmic Disclosure. Is it season season 19? I'm looking. Um, I really hope that this is the one. I'm going to turn this down so it doesn't play. But they talk about they talk about like off world missions. It's like marine ops, like special forces. They talk about like this one guy he um he does he like worked at area 51 and another similar base and it's like like 50 stories beneath like our our ground level and he was doing like testing and like dissecting like actual like alien bodies it's crazy but i was like i was so fascinated with this i was watching it when my daughter was born and i was because i just had to stay up and i was like this is like i believe it's season 19 that'll keep you up yeah i know yeah (laughs) yeah it's also similar to like the stranger things whole premise of Mm -hmm. like you know there being another dimension deep underground or however they get to it yeah true true um and that's also as above so below like they're um you know they're here and then all of a sudden everything gets flipped up and they're in the upside down that's also toying with mk ultra right right Uh, right yeah yeah. scientists like did we really win 
World War II or did we simply get <laughs> you know did Hitler really die no I mean the I'm pretty sure the skeleton that they dug up was a woman body and it was shorter than Hitler actually was and there's apparently sightings of him oh, gosh in Argentina that, yes yeah MK Ultra just makes there's, me think of like a Mortal Kombat Ultra it's not a yeah. real game but it's just, that's all I think of every time yeah. <laughs> MK Ultra Mortal Kombat Ultra. Mortal no, Kombat Ultra. Yeah. No, but I mean, if we if we're gonna go into the World War II, that's a whole. That's that's a lot of. That's a rabbit hole for sure, because uh, there's a lot of recovery, and even Jerizi could confirm with me. I've I've been going down that rabbit hole lately. So once I get more information, then I think we'll. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The reason I I hold so much weight into Antarctica is because I I believe that. Either one, the far-fetched reality is it might be a portal to like another world or that there might right. be um, a cave system in there that that has its own atmospheric conditions that, that can sustain life. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I feel like the, the more t- uh, terrifying fact is that Nazis might have fled over there yeah. and are currently over there still thriving. I agree. So I apologize. I said season 19. That's just where my prime was left off of. But episode one, that's where Emery Smith, he's like the whistleblower. And it talks about like clones, programmable life forms, technologies of the secret base, stage alien abductions, hybrid creatures, secret bases. He was offered multiple times to go to Antarctica, but he knew that people basically never came back, a.k.a. they were off because they would like go assist with things. Um, but they would know too much and they would, they don't trust people with that information. He was like, he's been like a, 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 a targeted person for a very long time. Um, you guys, I think, would really love it. Watch season one of What's Cosmic Exposure. Cosmic Exposure. Someone put it in the chat. Everybody listening, if you're interested in any of this stuff, it's such a trip what they talk about. Um, and the, he talks about Antarctica and that there's like a mothership defrosting there. Mm. It's like, it's just wow. a matter of time. He's like, wow. whether people actually want to like think aliens are real like mm-hmm. there's he's like earth is gonna do it for us like there's literally a mothership defrosting as we speak and one of the other people he <laughs> it's i don't know if i believe it or not because it's like so crazy um he he mentions crystals at some point he's like i can't even tell you like what i know about crystals because like people just won't believe me and um this guy says that he's a clone he like made a baby with another off-world species he like lived and um, on some other planet but do you, i know i know so it's right up you know, my alley <laughs> you know it's a, it's a trip like the what you just described is like the same exact premise for um the tomorrow war with chris pratt because oh, they're yeah. whole time the whole time they're fighting uh so spoiler alert um That's the okay. whole time they're, they're fighting aliens and they're like, where did they come from? And they eventually find like a mothership. Uh, I don't know, remember where it was on Earth, but it was frozen. And so they're slowly defrosting, <laughs> and that's where the that's where the aliens are coming from. Have wow. you guys seen the movie uh, The Thing? The Thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm, like the original like- and new one. Yeah, I, I saw the new one first, but I saw the original, and I think the original is way better. But oh, the premise for that movie is, I think they're uh, what like a scientific expedition that went out to antarctica and mm-hmm. i guess a few of them found this camp that was ravaged and burning and in that camp they found this 
I think I think in the new one they found this uh this frozen like monster. It looked like a huge spider or whatever. So they tried drilling into it. Somehow it melted, and after it melted, it started fucking shit up. But the weird thing about it is it would latch on to people, and it would shapeshift into people. So you wouldn't know which one was the alien and which one was actually real people. That's um, yeah, that and that was what, back in the 70s or, or 60s? So like, like we said about mainstream media putting things out there already to discredit some of these truths coming out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the guy, uh, yeah, it's of, crazy, right? the guy who said he was cloned. So there's Emery Smith, and then there's another guy who gets interviewed, and this, this is the one that like is apparently cloned. He's like the Marine Special Forces, and like fought on different planets and stuff like that. And um, <laughs> it's so crazy. Like, go listen, go listen, and let me know what you guys think. But he said that they fought. I think he said arachnids. I want to say that they fought like giant spiders, like giant um was it crickets like just like basically giant insects and mm-hmm. that they're sentient and that they have like like different levels and skill of weapons <laughs> sounds so, like starship troopers you, you, yeah. you know you know uh jerizi has, has a theory has a theory <laughs> of insects being aliens yeah loki you know, i think Jerizzi. aliens are insects because first of all you talked about the um the first point that you mentioned about you know, us beings becoming this conscious, more philosophical entity. I feel like insects, the the brain that we have to be able to function our coordination, language, mathematics, art, and all that. Imagine an insect being able to communicate, build, work in the community, and still be able to coordinate flight, you know, whatever they do with human blood build spider webs and honeycombs or, or hives and whatever. And just how they're built. Like they have exoskeletons outside of their body or they have, ex- that's what it means. <laughs> they have exoskeletons. And like you said, every movie that depicts aliens, they look like giant insects. Right. So I had a theory that maybe insects were here before humans and that they might be the aliens that we're trying to depict in films but they shrank down to a more smaller being in order to not interfere with us and still coexist with us. That's crazy. Personal okay. theory. <laughs> no, that's really interesting. I mean, like who the hell knows? I mean, they're, they're literally discovering things all the time. And how you said you're scared of the ocean. I, as much as I, I, I mean, I grew up in OC, but I was always scared of the ocean when I would go in the water, <laughs> I go like way out to try to like avoid the waves. But I was like, it's so vast. Like, We've only discovered like 6% of the ocean and they're constantly finding new species all the time. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we don't really know what's out there. Like, I think that mermaids are totally possible. Like, there's so much, um, you know, ancient history across all countries, like, you know, across the entire world of people with like, that are like half bird, half man, you know, like mm-hmm. fish, you know, fish, cat yeah. people, like, you know, Dog like- man. Yeah, there's like, Dogman too. Yeah, yeah. There's 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 so many depictions, but I, I wouldn't put it past I wouldn't put it past if insects were possibly alien life forms. I mean, there's yeah, so th- it doesn't help that there was that video or the image of uh, an alien's face up close, right? Do you guys see that? Oh my gosh, the ant. Yeah, the ant. Close? I mean, yeah, the ant's face. It looked like a fucking oh, yeah, alien, yeah. right? I was so scared. I was like, this shit is evil. <laughs> I don't feel so bad flicking them off and killing them and everything. Yeah, right. I used to really feel bad. Like I feel like God killing 
<laughs> killing innocent animals, but yeah, look at this. Look at this fool. Yeah. That's an oh alien god, god, dude. That's a fucking alien. <laughs> dude, that's like no, it makes me sound comfortable. <laughs> I looked at it. I looked at all the other insects and stuff like that. I'm like, none look like an ant. Like an ant is just like angry. It has an agenda. <laughs> yeah, and these ants, I mean, low key, like as a kid, you you look at these ant mazes and they're if, if anyone's ever observed ants, they're pretty conscious and they have a system. So, yeah. mm-hmm. like, no disrespect to ants as a as a in- intelligent being. Absolutely not. I mean, we they all saw the bug flight too. too. <laughs> hey, there's another one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is a great I mean, movie. I I might show my daughter that. One. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, I had to I had sing along book. But yeah, I mean, going. I mean, I said bugs light because it shows. You're right. They're sophisticated in a way where they're smart. They gather their food for winter because they obviously don't go out in the winter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they're they are as little as they can be. They're very very intelligent. They create bridges to cross. Obviously, the last one sacrifices himself, but you know they build bridges uh, to help each other out. Uh, little things like that, where you would think like an ant does that, and they're smart little little fellows I and guess. also their like understanding of the hierarchy system that they have like it's well known oh, yeah. that if you see the queen ant like some shit is going on you know like there's oh, yeah. no reason you should be seeing the queen ant and the worker ants like none of them are like man why do i have to fucking do this shit why can't i, know. Why can't Jim do this <laughs> if one is doing work or like if, if there's like a mooching ant or something like that or if there's dead ants they actually like go and they like they they dispose of them elsewhere. Like they're very very smart. Like mm-hmm. um, I forget I forget what else I was gonna say about ants. But the the other thing about um, like ant farms, just seeing how that they mm-hmm. like dis- distinguish and like distribute their different workforces. Right. Farm something. Yeah, and the fact that they're able to take down. I've seen them take down some incredible animals in comparison to their size as an ant individually. You know, I mean. For uh, right, the numbers, obviously, has an advantage, but still, their strength is incredible. Strength, strength in numbers, right? That's crazy yeah. as fuck. Well, even one ant is like they can leave, they can like lift multiple times their own body weight easily. So they're like for their like you know proportionally, they're strong as hell. Bro, can you imagine like gra- like fucking cockroaches, like area <laughs> like District so Nine cockroaches and shit? <laughs> we would be fucked, bro. It's men in black, man. <laughs> That's the men in black guy where he came in, like, give me a water, water and sugar, please. Sugar. Water, more. more sugar. More. I'm going to need my noisy cricket for that guy. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. So, um, as far as like ants, well, just animals, I want to go back to the ocean and whales and dolphins and, and these other species. Going back to your point of um, the us kind of evolving into a more philosophical being, mm-hmm. there's some kind of disconnect though, and I don't know. We we spoke about this in a in a previous podcast whether that disconnect is overthinking, but you look at dolphins and other beings that are more intelligent than us. Mm-hmm. They don't really deal with some of the shit that we have to deal with, like taxes. Um, we stress out about stupid shit, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're able to kind of live a minimalist life and be more efficient with their environment. 
almost a uh, a symbiotic relationship with their environment opposed to just like a industrial relationship like we do. Mm-hmm. So did you think that we've evolved too much to where we've created those problems or is there a hurdle that we haven't came across that these more intelligent animals have a better way of navigating through and shortcutting to? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I mean, we have, we used to have barter systems, right? And it's like, why can't we just like go back to a barter system? Um, you know, mm-hmm. we have uh, currencies, you know, now there's cryptocurrency, you know, who's creating this currency, who's in charge of it. Um, when we think about life forms like dolphins and whales, they don't have currency. They just have such a vast ecosystem that they can eat, you know, whales eat krill, dolphins, you know what dolphin eat, <laughs> but they don't have to pay for this food, right? So they don't have to worry about taxes. I think that we, like, obviously something that separates humans from animals is self-awareness and that the ability to reflect and think about other problems besides ourselves, you know, including overthinking, which leads to stress, which leads to, you know, um, you know, not being present. That's very much what like consciousness is about, what yoga is about, is being yeah. present in the here and now. If you're worrying about the past, that can lead to depression. If you're worrying about the future, overthinking, you know, that's anxiety, that's stressing for like what is to come. Right. So we, it seems like animals are very good about being present and not overthinking because all they know is right here, right now. They are, they have the literal wild, wild west because they have to worry mm-hmm. about, you know, being predator, being prey at all times because they don't have industrialized, you know, supply chains that are able to, you know, grow food, distribute it, take it onto a truck, you know, drop it off at Trader Joe's, have people load it off, break down pallets, put it up on the shelves and charge money for it. That's not something that they have to worry about. That's why we get to focus on other things. And we've had, you know, automation, you know, so much technology does things for us. You know, we don't have to make our coffee. We can put a Keurig in there, put our mug in there, and it makes it for us while we go do other things. So we're able to take on more tasks and activities in the day, but at what detriment? While animals, they have it very simply. They don't have those types of technologies or developments. They are just very focused on the here and now. So they don't have to overthink. They're just very present because they're worrying about their next meal. They're worrying about safety. They're worrying about, you know, reproducing. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's a really interesting question. It's almost like we're going forward, but is it like setting us back? Right. You know, right. Can you imagine watching a lion making coffee the old fashioned way while we're we have technology <laughs> yeah. doing it for us? <laughs> Yo, no, like imagine what a lion would evolve to be if it like went at a sit down restaurant and you know got deer whenever it wanted. <laughs> no, but it's, it's, it's true uh-huh. the overthinking thing, you know. Well when you when you overthink you kinda like I I notice what happens, like you create scenarios in your head and like animals don't do that shit. Yeah. <laughs> like we, we create all these unlikely scenarios in our head and we overthink it so much that we convince ourselves it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. no, so right. Like we, like that's what leads to procrastination. Like mm-hmm. I used to be a terrible procrastinator, like terrible. I still procrastinate on things. Like I'm human. Like there's some yeah. things like, um, honestly, I have another friend who's been asking me to do, like do a podcast, but like when I was like working, I'll, I'll tell you guys know about, I, I'm still working, but something happened. I'll like, we'll get to that like later in the show. But 
Mm-hmm. Um, just trying to be a mom, just trying to be present, you know, trying to balance, like being able to stay at home to work and be a mother. I had a point with this. Get, let me get back to it. Um, we we're talking about overthinking. Uh, and animals. And animals. Uh, snap. I think it's just, <laughs> sorry, mom brain is a real thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, just honestly, staying present is so difficult. So, um, C- clearly, just right now. Literally. <laughs> I forgot what I was talking about. Literally. One thing, one thing I do notice, and I was the point I was going to make is I feel like we've created systems in order to adapt, and we didn't really take into consideration the effects that these systems would cause psychologically for us. Mm. And so now that we've evolved into a more industrial type of community and more away from our natural source, we didn't really think about the backlash and the consequences that that would do to us as a being. And as far as the animals not being stressed out, you really don't see any animals stressed out in the wild. You can motherfucking see a zebra with one leg barely surviving, surviving with its guts hanging out. Mm -hmm. And it looks like he's just out there walking to get a drink. Meanwhile, you see a zebra in the fucking zoo and you know that motherfucker is stressed out. So isn't that weird? Like, if you take yeah. the if you take the animal who really has no stress as a baseline and you put them in a artificial matrix mm-hmm. system, then you start to see unnatural behaviors from it, mm-hmm. which is seen in in our society like the overthinking, the depression, yeah. and you know yeah. the ADD, OCD, whatever the fuck yeah. I'm missing. Yeah. Remember when that Harambe thing happened and everyone was all mad about it? Like, oh my god, Harambe went wild. It's like, no, dude, that's a fucking gorilla. A <laughs> hey, moment it of silence. What gorillas, <laughs> it did what gorillas do. I don't know why everyone's saying it went crazy. Someone get the zookeeper. It's like, no, that's mm-hmm. you. You you okay. went into his territory. Yeah. You guys caged him in a place, and now that some kid came in there, he's like, what the fuck am I gonna do with this? And then yeah. they all. Want to just say he went psychotic? It's like no way. That's a no. that's an animal being an animal, right? Right. <laughs> to its right. natural instincts, and you actually bring me to a point, um, like how cows are revered as sacred, especially in India, for example. Yeah. Why? Because they provide food, they provide clothing, mm-hmm. they provide right. so many things. They eat grass, right? Mm-hmm. But like, even like their poop is revered as sacred. Because mm-hmm. that can even like mm-hmm. mushrooms. But the other thing is that manure actually fertilizes the soil, it regenerates the soil, and therefore it creates better crops. So they like have this full cycle. Like animals are always giving back in some way. You mm-hmm. know, like like mm-hmm. fungi, for example, they if it weren't for mushrooms or any other fungi in the entire world, we'd have so much mm-hmm. compost, decay, dead, everything everywhere. Mm-hmm. But they're is to literally like decompose living or like dead matter and you know turn it into something new so humans that's something that we're not good at we don't yeah. necessarily give back to the world we don't we we take all this food we cut mm-hmm. down these rainforests to you know build buildings or put more crops down but like what are we actually doing to like put back what we're taking and i think that's something right. that's interesting, that animals are constantly doing the animals may or may not be, at least a majority of us. Humans Just to add to your point, I heard that's where holy cow came from <laughs> and, oh. ho- and holy shit. Because, you know, uh, it's, yeah. it's known that the shit of cows sprouts mushrooms. And so when you eat it, you yeah. see God. So <clears throat> holy shit. Holy it's shit. Holy shit. Holy cow. Fun fact. 
You know, on that topic of like what what we do like for our planet and stuff and giving back to it, have you guys heard about the the great uh, green wall project in Africa? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. So it's this project where um, like a whole bunch of because obviously you know Africa is not one country; it's a continent. But um, mm-hmm. there, a whole bunch of the countries in Africa came together with this initiative to pretty much they're going to plant like a shit ton of trees. And um, it's going to create, like, this great wall of trees. And uh, it's going to help them be able to have, like, better crop systems, farming systems, and <clears throat> just improve their environment overall. Oh, wow. But, it's yeah, it's pretty amazing if you guys get a chance to look into it. Yeah, it's what you said, the Green Wall Project? The Great Great uh, great Green Wall. Great Green Wall. I'll have yeah. to that's amazing. I love to hear that because I heard Donald Trump's a fan of that wall. Yeah, but like you said, animals—you know—they give back, and mm-hmm. part of what we do, we like to think we give back what we don't. We consume. We consume everything. We consume mm-hmm. crops, and then we—you know—we we take down the forest, like you said. We like we're just we're consumers, and we're not. I I. As far as all these conspiracies goes, like, oh, this is going to happen. I do think that the human race is the reason why this is all, this whole planet is going to go to shit. We're the reasons why the end of the world is going to happen. It's because of us. I don't think it's going to be some meteor strike or anything like that. But it's because we, as humans, don't know how to take care of our planet. And these animals, like you said, they unknowingly take care of it by giving back to it. And mm-hmm. we don't. People like to say, oh, we're going to go green. We're going to. We're going to go drive electric cars, which is not much better than gas. No. But, you know, it's just we all live in this, like, idea that we're doing better for our planet. But really, we're, we're not really doing shit for it. To, to have humanity's back, though, because I know there's indigenous people that probably aren't listening to this podcast. Well, um, definitely not. Hey, who knows, though, if you're out there with a fucking, like... Oh, radio, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or you're astral projecting into a room, fucking getting this this signal. Um, coming from uh, Hawaii recently, those people I feel like live off the land, sort of, kind of have a modern symbiotic relationship with the land, mm-hmm. a very highly uh, appreciative attitude towards the animals mm-hmm. that provide them food, the trees, mm-hmm. the water, and all that. Um, and I feel like there's some parts of Africa, some Native Americans that still live like that. Maybe some Hispanics and some. Yeah. I was watching this uh, Tibetan monk video, and I feel like those people still kind of give back. They take really little yeah. and they try to give back more yeah. fully. But I feel like now with like, you know, you give back to the homeless and stuff like that. Yeah, that might make you feel good. But I think there's a fine line between giving back to the whole Mm-hmm. Instead of just giving back to your own kind, like to humans, you know what I mean? Because like exactly. you said about the cows, the cows don't fucking know that their bones are going to be used. Mm-hmm. Their, their hide's going to be used as clothes. You know what I mean? They're just fucking. Dude, imagine, imagine <laughs> reincarnating into a cow. Fuck. <laughs> you just you know like that. <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm just going to eat and take a shit. That's all I want to do. I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> they got me. Just let me chill. Yeah, like I actually went down this rabbit hole to try to find a cow in the wild, like a wild cow. 
you know, and the closest I can find were like carabaos in the Philippines and shit, or like water buffaloes. But mm. yeah, if you're a cow, you're pretty much the sacrificial animal. And mm-hmm. yeah, like I said, they don't know that they're going to feed people. They don't know that their hide's going to keep people warm. Mm-hmm. And they don't know that their shit's going to fucking make people see God. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> or if they're, they're going to be a Tyson's beef or if they're going to be Wagyu beef. To be a McDonald's patty. <laughs> I gave up to be your that has double cheeseburger. on their lifestyle. <laughs> and it goes kind of back to like the, the monks and, and Buddhism yeah. where mm-hmm. you kind of just be instead of doing these actions with purpose, when, when you just be a certain a certain kind of being with a certain kind of mindset, then you can kind of be like the cow where you're just existing. And as you exist, you're giving back. Instead of thinking, thinking you know, oh, I have to do this to give back. I have to donate. I have to do this. I have to do chores for for uh, people that can't do them, like senior citizens and stuff. So yeah. to add and, that. And like we dread it. You know, people like, oh, fuck, I got to go do this. So stupid. Yeah, I don't dread it. What are you talking about, People complain that they (laughs) got to put stuff in a recycling bin. It's like, "Eh, I'm just going to throw it in a trash can. (laughs) Like you you said, like indigenous people and like the people in Hawaii, yeah, they they really want to appreciate the land, Mm -hmm. everything around them. But that's different when you compare it to the modern man. No modern man give a fuck about that shit. Really, they don't. No. We don't. I mean, I try to. I try to be mindful, but I'm not going to lie. There's shit when I'm just like, eh. <laughs> mm-hmm. I could I say, I'll say, uh, me being Hispanic and having gone back to my to my motherland to visit <laughs> Guatemala, uh, there are people, yeah, even in these modern times, that they still live off the land and give back to the land. And mm-hmm. even though, you know what, even though we can look from a first world country and be like, oh, they're living in part, they are happy. And mm-hmm. they're living just just like how we were talking about with animals, where they're, you know, they're not overthinking; they're just focused on surviving. This mm-hmm. this is how these people are, you know. They're growing their crops, they're surviving, they have their livestock, and they're get they're putting back into the world uh, in some way. And you know, I I don't. It's very rare, and I would always hear my my mom specifically say she was always like, "We grew up poor." But we always we grew up happy and there was no problems, really. And so, yeah, what you guys were saying, um, it's crazy how and I'll and I'll say it like this. It's crazy how here in the U.S. we have all these issues going on as well, but also in other countries where we can look where we look and think, oh, they're living poorly. No, they're they're actually thriving in a different Mm -hmm. way that we Mm -hmm. are constantly being defeated at and that is you know our mental health and also i would say even go deeper with this spiritual you know they they there's intention and purpose in what they do rather than just driving to work to make the money in a way right 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 like there's a reason that i think it was like maybe a few years ago the philippines was voted like the happiest country on earth by like i don't know if it was national geographic or something yeah i'll look it up Hmm. but yeah yeah, I used, to, I used to live in the Philippines, and um, so when I, when I moved there, I was about 10 years old, so I was already that, you know, spoiled American kid coming over there who could just get McDonald's whenever he wanted, you know, and I go over there. It's not like that, but then what my mom taught me out there is, like, you know, people are happier out here because, you know, they have what they need, and 
it, what's important is that um, you learn that people with less are much happier than people that have everything. And oh, that that stuck to me. I was like, I didn't get it as a kid, but when you start growing up, you're like, huh, <laughs> you know, that makes perfect sense. Makes and because sense. you know, you got someone who's got everything in the world, but he's not happy because you know, maybe he doesn't have a family, maybe he doesn't, and you see that constantly. And so that's why I've learned to appreciate mm-hmm. the small stuff because that's that's what matters. All these, you know, I, I like I like my cars, I like all that stuff, but that you take that away from me, I'm not gonna be crying about it. You know, yeah. you got to learn how to be happy without it. And I think that's, we've been programmed here, like here in the United States. I like saying program too much for that stuff, but, you know, <laughs> but it's, it's just true like, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's so materialistic out here. And when I lived, when I moved to the Philippines, I was so used to saying, oh, I want that toy. I want to get that. But you go to the Philippines, these, my, like, I would be showing off my toys and they didn't really give a fuck about it. They were playing with these things called techs. I think. Jarrell, you know what that is, right? Those cards. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you would just fly them in the air, and like it, you would just play with other kids like that. And all those little cardboard cards, people cared about that more than my fucking Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> <laughs> he talks, guys. Come yeah. on. They're like, man, whatever. They're, they're having no, fun with these bottles. Some marbles on the dirt. No, yeah. exactly. And oh, they're yeah. having more fun with that shit. And you know, that's when I learned it was like, you know. All this material shit don't mean anything. And, you know, you go to USA, Mm -hmm. it's consumerism. Mm -hmm. It's all about having the nicest shit to make you think you're happy. But you're also nicer than your neighbor, too. Exactly. Um, Yeah, it's always keeping up with the Joneses. Philippines and basketball. Like You go to down the street and and meet like three kids playing basketball in slippers and like Uh a fucking square basket that they just threw up on the wall and have the time of their life. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you could be in LA fitness with dudes with Kobe's and stuff. And it's like, nah, I don't feel like shooting around, you know? And like, <laughs> yeah, they're like, just not cool with you. They just want to do their own thing. Or like, or like you can have a game and it gets turned up to where you guys end up fighting instead of it being fun. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, as much as you say programming, like, like we said, we took ourselves out of the natural environment and we're kind of in a system now. So with that system, there are programs. So mm-hmm. it always goes back to the matrix. I feel like, because mm-hmm. it's a documentary. I think the matrix yeah. is a documentary. Oh no, yeah. And I think uh, just talking about feelings, we are all kind of subliminally taught how to feel about things. Like I, I, I find it weird how there's so many, I think we talked about this on another podcast, but it was the whole Jeffrey Dahmer series. Like there's so many different documentaries about him and it's like, they want us to be desensitized about what he did. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy is you're looking at, it and there's, there's girls who are attracted to him. It's like, yeah, he's hot. I'm like, what the mm-hmm. fuck? Mm-hmm. And there's guys out there because, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer was gay. They're like, Oh, he was so handsome. Like, how can you be attracted to that guy still after knowing what he did? Right. Like that's the de- that's how people are being desensitized. Right. They're just saying, "Oh, it's okay." And it, I guess that's also going back to what we talked about earlier about the pedophilia. They're just trying to desensitize us so we can just let it slide some more. And that's kind of it's in our faces, so we can just get used to it and be like, "That's the world, that's life." And that's- Loki, they're they're really trying to do that because I've mm-hmm. I've heard that they're trying to put pedophilia as a sexual orientation or a mental orientation, nah. right? Mental right. illness or oh, whatever. Look into it. Yeah, the thing is, it's really happening. One of the big problems too, and I saw this. Um, I forget, you know, the guy that does um, that. Like, uh, he had the show where he busts like people trying online yeah, predators yeah, yeah. and stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, who's Chris Hansen. Hansen. Yeah, 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 Chris Hansen. So, 
I forgot whose podcast he was on. Um, it was maybe like a year ago, but he in the podcast he was talking about certain states in the U.S. where the age of consent is like not even eighteen. Yeah, <clears throat> it's like some states are it's like 14, 15 years old. So it's like, dude, that's an issue in itself. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. In it's Alabama, fine. it's your cousin. Yeah. <laughs> also, I think I think America is the country that makes the biggest deal about pedophilia. I feel like in like international countries, that shit's going on and no one really gives a fuck. You know what I mean? Like it's it's more Thank under you. wraps over there, you know. Oh, That's definitely. Like you don't hear about it, it doesn't matter type of thing. Definitely, because Japan they have these hyper realistic sex dolls. And I remember oh. watching like a documentary on Vice about it, and this guy was flaunting like he had a collection. And then part of that collection, you know, he had his, he had women, like actual women, and then he had kids. And I was like, that's fucking weird. <laughs> and it's a company in Japan that just builds them and or creates them to however you want. It's custom. You could put like a child. And, and then after that documentary came out, that website came under fire. And like, you know, people from US were like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Yeah, what the fuck, bro? Yeah. And so <laughs> I don't know what happened to that company, but I remember watching a documentary and this guy had a custom child like he had to order it's not like he picked from the menu like oh i want that one he customized <laughs> it yeah he well now the manufacturer it. had to make that too you know yeah, exactly I mean? and the fact that they have the options is crazier i'm pretty sure i think it was the french amazon market that had child sex dolls and also in greece pedophilia is labeled as a disability so you can actually get money for being a pedophile uh. No way. Did you hear about the Wayfair thing? The yeah. Wayfair conspiracy? Oh, that the Wayfair, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was crazy. I remember reading about that and how the furniture was <clears throat> named after kids who were surprisingly missing too. And oh my gosh. Yeah, you were getting like wardrobes for like 13 grand and shit. Yeah, and I was like, I'm gonna buy this wardrobe and set this kid free. <laughs> Literally, like it's the, it's another thing on mockery, like it's right in our faces. Mm-hmm. Um Tom Hanks and his wife, what was mm. They live in Greece. It's like, why do they live in Greece? That's it's very obvious. Oh wow! But yeah, Wayfair. Like, uh, they broke it down. Like the actual definition of Wayfair. Like something like going off by the wayside or like straying from straying from like the way. And it's mm. like what it's literally what Wayfair is all about. And it's it's just hidden. It's right in our faces. I was like, I will never buy anything in Wayfair again. <laughs> uh, and it's still up and running. Like. Yeah. Like nothing happened, you know. That's the thing about, and that's kind of why I'm so skeptical about this backlash that Balenciaga is getting. Yeah. Almost discouraged now. Like, oh, you guys are gonna like scream about and bitch to. about this for about a week or two, and then, you know, Chris Brown comes out in a Balenciaga jacket and it's hot again. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean <laughs> that comes with any brand. Like, if it happened to Louis Vuitton, do you think it's gonna? Happen? No, people are gonna get mad for a little bit, and you know, it's just. It's it, they try to like distract you right away when they're like, oh shit, let's give them something else. Like I'm trying to think about what happened too when Balenciaga was happening. It's like what else happened? Yeah, yeah, right. You know, you know, with everything you guys are saying, it makes it seem like the fights that we should be fighting end soon, but the fights that like don't really matter. It's like everyone's still like, no, oh, we're pushing for this. We need to make changes and stuff. It's like. Mm-hmm. Guys, there's. I believe there's far more important things we should be fighting for for our like human rights here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, r- rather than this or that, you know. So, mm-hmm. I think it's funny now that you mentioned that. Yeah, with the Balenciaga um, situation that's going on, it's like why are people uh, 
you know, creating more havoc, I would say, like drop Balenciaga, like forget about them. But, you know, with other issues or, or and they're, they're, they don't really care. They're like, whatever, it's going to it's quieting down already compared to how it was a few weeks ago. But with other issues that happened a few years ago, I mean, they're still screaming murder about it. <laughs> Even a few so. months ago, like with Gile Maxwell, like, right. you know, that was never. Uh, it was oh, exactly. Around. You know, that was, uh, we don't know if it actually happened. We've never actually seen her like in jail or like in prison clothes. And the list was never revealed. And then what, who was it? The FBI was like, we're going to need. 55 years to like release all these documents. <laughs> what the fuck? Why did he pick yeah. Take years? the alien shit back and give us yeah. the list. Us yeah, the you know what? Let's <laughs> trade, right? Like, like, I want to know because like we know that there are like a million other Jeff, Jeff Epstein's out there. That's like yeah. a really sad, scary thing. Matthew McConaughey, yeah. he's from Uvalde, Texas, where the shooting happened. And mm-hmm. like anybody, like, uh, like anybody who has like a big name or is like in a bunch of movies, I like immediately distrust them. I'm like, I don't, I don't trust this person. Like mm-hmm. they obviously got here because of something. They did something right to get all this fame and like get access. You know, like what did they have to do? You know, so right. I just don't trust people. Yeah, going back to what Danny said about people putting their energy into wrong, the wrong fight. I feel like that's again part of the matrix. Yeah. Like they want you to expend your energy to this useless wormhole instead of actually put up the good fight. So I think it's designed. Yeah. Like, like red and blue. Like when people, like people Mm -hmm. like, I post, I'm sure some of you, I know one of you, well, I think you guys follow me. So you've seen some of the stuff that I post. Mm -hmm. I try to like use my energy wisely too. Like the more that I like get involved with it, just the more upset that I get. And it affects me mentally. It affects my Mm -hmm. presence you know, mindset, because mm-hmm. I've always said, like, I'll never be 100% okay, because I know that there are, like, football stadiums worth of kids going missing every single year, and, like, that number isn't changing, like, that just, it breaks my heart, so um, right. it's, it's, it's just sad. It is, it's, it's, it's a world full of, like, trends, all these outrages are, like, trendy outrages, like, people, remember, on Facebook, people would change their pictures, just because, like, oh, parachuting change my picture yeah you know, that's what it all oh was. yeah 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 you know and everyone's like oh like, pray for france yeah pray for it, this. it's, it's yeah. Yeah. friends now and it, like i think people only jump on because they want to be part of the trend but they don't really know what the hell they're backing up anymore you know because like, they're like, feel better, like almost like giving back right exactly mm-hmm. oh I'm yeah giving back. you thing. ain't giving back shit you're posting you while you're, you're posting your support while taking a shit you're not yeah. doing anything. <laughs> low, low key, that was. I feel like that's the main factor of. I mean, we're gonna go into this. Like, I got the jab. I got the vaccine. Was, I mean, low key. Sadly, there are people that took it that were on the fence about it. But the driving force to make them turn to go get it was they felt like they were given back. Yeah. Um, and it's almost one of those things where it's. If the if the system is aware of what they're doing to people, it's fucked up. It's mm-hmm. almost demonic, mm-hmm. and it's very villainous to to fool people into thinking that they're doing the. I mean, I'd I'd imagine that they're laughing at people seeing this shit. If it's I'm sure happening is designed. Yeah. You, you know? know, you know. Speaking of kind of with the vax, Obama kind of let let it slip a bit in the uh, in one of his speeches, saying, yeah, "We just conducted, you know." 
uh, scientific scientific uh, experiment with the vaccines. I mean, we had the biggest experiment with the vaccine. He kind of slid slid it out like that because that's. I mean, the conspiracy is that all of this this is like the clinical trial with everybody, you know, everyone yeah. in the world. You also so if you guys about the the vaccine, sorry, Danny. I cut you off. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, if, you, if any of you have the opportunity to find that video, uh, yeah, find, play it and share it because it. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna see. I'll I'll see if I could find it actually. But yeah, go on, Jermaine. He bought labs in Ukraine. Like mm-hmm. he bought specific labs so that they could do the testing. Like he and like I remember he bought like like thousands and thousands of coffins. And I don't know if you guys wow. remember like a bunch of WalMarts going out of business yes, or like yes. plumbing failures, but they were going to turn them into right. chemicals. Yeah. Yes. Those are crazy. I right? remember that. Yeah. yeah. Man, I remember seeing yeah. FEMA, those FEMA boxes like in 2013 thinking like, what the fuck is like, what, what for, like what's going to go on? And then mm. seeing <laughs> it in 2020, it's like, Oh shit. Yeah. No, and, and then the Super Bowl. Did you guys notice? Like, I mean, I, I was like, I'm doing, I like the, the halftime show. I was like, this is awesome. Like all these like people. But when you look at who was there, what they were doing and what they were performing on, it was um, shipping containers. All these mm. fashion shows have also been featuring shipping containers. Why? Yeah. Uh, Hillary Clinton, her company that she's involved in is Evergreen. Like these are literally what they like hide people in. This is what they ship people in. Like, mm. why are shipping containers flaunted wow. so much? They use media to, like, say, like, hey, this is either, like, what we're promoting, this is what we're focusing on, or this is what we're trying to desensitize um, with these bears with Balenciaga. And somebody look it up. Balenciaga literally means, um, like, hail Satan. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I, whoa. I, I, yeah. I read that recently, too, but mm-hmm. that's crazy. That's I'll, I'll look that one up. 4.0 uh, Instagram. They have really great stuff. They've been posting a lot about this, um, but it's it's just right in your faces, and it's it's mockery. It's like a way to like I think tell messages to each other, and um, yeah, what we've been saying just like desensitization. Yeah, it's it's like like you said, it's desensitizing people, and it's either you get desensitized by it, or you're gonna be it's gonna be forced down your throat. Mm-hmm. You know. Here. And I found the video, like, guys. And that's kind of like going back to the vaccine real quick, because for us, my family, we have a family business and we were on the fence about taking the vaccine. Like we didn't really want to take it. But then it came to a point because our company's funded by the state. They're like, if you guys don't take it, we're shutting your business down. So now we're like, well, we all have a choice. <laughs> mm-hmm. And everyone had to have it. We had to have our vaccine card. We had to turn it in for a copy. And it's just like, like, that's why I feel like it doesn't matter if you're not desensitized. They're going to shove it down your throat and you're going to comply. That's terrible. Right. right. NAC, you should take um, NAC, which they actually banned. I actually have it in my cupboard right now, but it's for supporting your immune system and detoxing your liver. And mm. actually, my one of my chiropractors in SoCal, he was like, when COVID first started, he wrote us like all an email. I was like, wow, this is like going above and beyond the, like a chiropractor. <laughs> He's like, NAC was on there. And it's like really, really great for battling um, spike proteins from COVID mm. as well oh, as wow. jab effects. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. look it up. They banned it. FDA, why would they pull it? I don't know. We know. But yeah, get that and maybe that can help offset some stuff. But I want to see the video that you found. Yeah, let's do right it here, up. Right here. 
Play it. I hate that like little caption. Play it. <laughs> It'll go. Maybe is it a GIF? <laughs> no, no, it's just so slow. Uh, no, there's no sound. Internet runs sound. on a potato. He's running AOL much. right now. <laughs> but even that caption right there. COVID vaccines go through many tests for safety and effectiveness and are then monitored closely. Um, let's see if Here, I could give you audio if you guys want it. Yeah. Yeah, throw it up. Despite the fact that we now essentially clinically tested the vaccine on billions of people worldwide. You guys Despite hear that? Despite the fact that we now yeah. essentially okay. Yeah. Um, like he's like wanted in India for He's he was like <laughs> that bastard. malaria outbreak. Um, mm-hmm. You know, even with like the te- the Tuskegee experiment, how they were like giving black population syphilis unexpectedly, but they said that this was just like a like a vitamin shot or something like that. But they were literally giving them a disease and then seeing how it affected them. Mm-hmm. And like, there's been so many documented instances in American history where we've like like given people substances unknowingly and then you know wanted to see mm-hmm. what happened. so right. with Obama saying that and that slip i'm not even i'm not even. It's yeah. evil no I, I was sorry when i was looking at the video i i, I know maybe you said it right now but early in the 1900s they they gave like a group uh i believe of african-americans a bunch of syphilis yeah is that what you were saying right now sorry yeah was, no, no, that's okay yeah no that's the tuskegee experiment Yes, yes, exactly. And then it's crazy. And same thing over in uh, Guatemala, the CIA spread uh, AIDS via via uh, vaccination, I believe, as well. Which was Mm -hmm. created by Dr. Fauci. Why he was able to practice as long as he has, I don't know. I actually bought a book. I've not read it yet. (laughs) But uh, Robert F. Kennedy, I think is his name. And he wrote a book about Fauci and like all of his like insane evil inhumane experiments he like tested on dogs doing like some terrible terrible things dr fauci is like responsible for a lot of things like they know exactly what they were doing yeah it's funny that now he used to be the main character of the covid narrative but now he's kind of taken heat as far as like the law goes i think he's in some kind of lawsuit right now right and it almost feels like they turned their back on him and they're villainizing him now instead of Rolling with him as the white knight, like they mm-hmm. did for two years. They don't want to be taken down too. <laughs> yes, man. Honestly, like this industry of like, let's call them the Illuminati. It's so fucked up because you put your life on the line for them. You know, you turn your back on your family, but as long as they, as soon as they don't need you anymore, <clears throat> you're discredited. You're your public enemy number one. And yeah, what the fuck? We we never worked with you. Yeah, <laughs> no, you? absolutely. Okay, Lincoln Park. You guys oh yeah. Okay. First of all, Chester Bennington. He's a rest in peace. Yeah, I know. Seriously, RIP. I was working at Trader Joe's when mm-hmm. I heard he passed away, and I cried. I'm like, mm-hmm. I didn't. I was like so sad. Yeah. I did not. It didn't feel right with me. He didn't feel right. Mac Miller didn't feel right. Avicii. Avicii. It's so easy to say things. Chris Cornell too. Chris Cornell and even um, uh, food guy Anthony Bourdain. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Cornell, Chester Bennington, um, were all work and Avicii were working on a documentary to expose like child sex trafficking, and they were all 
like suicided. Same right. thing, Bernie Mac, uh, Robin Williams. Oh. Dude, Bernie, really? Mac, Bernie, Bernie Mac died of pneumonia. That was his whole thing. He got really sick and of pneumonia. He did, but he was also like trying to like get, get the word out too. Yeah. <laughs> no, but no, but like seriously, it could have been. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Just they—that's what they do. Like you're in the club until you're not in the club. I like, want to see. I want to see a stat of people that have died who are who are currently at the time working <clears throat> on projects to expose pedophilia. So I just want to see if like it's like over eighty percent or ninety percent. Isaac Happy. <laughs> yeah. All the people. Let's work on it. We'll find out. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Oh, okay. So, um, John Travolta. All of the women that he was—not all of the women, but like his son passed away, and two mm-hmm. of his wives got cancer and passed away. I don't want to say wives, but like people that he dated. Olivia Newton-John got breast cancer, and somebody else. Something weird about Tom Cruise. He divorced all of his wives when they were 33 years old. In the mm-hmm. most recent. Hmm. Um, and the most recent Maverick, he runs out. He only has like 33 bullets. I saw that and I was like, they're plugging 33 right there. <laughs> like, it's so annoying because mm-hmm. once you know these things, like you can't unsee it. Everywhere. Right. Um, it's, it's just, it's just literally everywhere. And then there was someone else I wanted it's, to name. Mm-hmm. It's all Scientology. Cause I mean, even with uh, John Travolta, I forgot the name of the movie, but he, he created a movie in like the early 2000s, I believe. I forgot the name of it, but it has to do with, um, it's a Scientology-based film. It has to oh. do with outer space, aliens, all this stuff. Yeah. And uh, yeah, th- there's a lot of symbolism that they that they uh, include in their films of Scientology, both Tom mm-hmm. Cruise and Travolta. And it's crazy how yeah, there's a lot of similarities between them two, and they're both in the Church of Scientology. Mm-hmm. Loki, I'm going to predict that they're going to phase out Christianity right now and they're going to insert Scientology as the, you know, Christianity is kind of the American religion that mm-hmm. they're they're using that as almost democracy to push into other countries as their way to, their Trojan horse, if you will, to yep. force into other right. places. I feel like they're going to use Scientology soon because I feel like the Vatican is already talking about what to tell people when aliens and UFOs show up. And I, I feel like it's... Yeah. Either either it's gonna be staged, like alien. Oh, these are aliens. You know what I mean. But I feel like they're gonna discredit Christianity because right now, like Christianity is kind of people are seeing the strings. You know, it's kind of <laughs> crumbling as we speak. And Scientology, a, a, as crazy as it sounds, there's too many high power people behind it. You know, and it's almost it's crazy talking about all these things and how they're all connected. If you're barely like waking up in the matrix and you're like, Oh, I need to put a change into all this. It's hard, man. And it's very discouraging because mm-hmm. we're going to go back to Kanye West. Kanye West is painting, you know, when he came out with that album, life of Pablo, mm-hmm. he made that sculpt, that wax sculpture or a painting of everybody in bed with each other. It's fucking true, man. Like as much as we want to talk Donald Trump and Biden and like these opposing forces, I do feel like they're all part of the same cast. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like af- after the credits run, they probably toast and you know drink yeah, a drink yeah, for, sure, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. There's a picture of like um, a bunch of different religious figures in Israel, like with their hand on the stone, and they like they're like have head down and like are like it's like a 
I don't know, just giving things. So it's like an appreciation kind of thing. And yeah. what I referred to earlier with like politics, you know, choosing red or blue, like you lose picking one side or the other because you're still dividing. Like the whole point of all these things, gay marriage, abortion, you know, politics, all of this is literally just to, to divide people, to have them fighting against each other, give them mm -hmm. bread, give them a circus, they're happy. Give them food, give them sports, they don't care. They're not going to revolt. Mm -hmm. How people right. get so amped up for their teens, like <laughs> what if people got that amped up for like human rights and things that need to actually change? All like people's energies are literally going there. That, that, that's thing. Mm -hmm. Get them bred in the circus and they're happy. You know what's crazy? There's people out there that that are for human rights and there's people that are like are not for it. Yeah. <laughs> I That's think this so the wildest funny. idea. You know, it's like there's people out there who's like, hey, you know, I feel we should all be equal. And there's someone out there who's like, I disagree. <laughs> you know, like, it's like, yeah. what the fuck? Like, you yeah, almost but, don't know if they're trolling or they're like controlled opposition. I think that's mm -hmm. that's the sketchy area right now, especially in these days with the uh I mean Antifa and all that, you know, like mm -hmm. you send you send a controlled radical group to stir something up in order to get a point across, you know, or, yeah. or have a certain effect so that you can run your regime, which is not a new play that the CIA has mm -hmm. in their playbook. Like this is, if you look into right. it, this is something that they've continuously been doing in history. So right. Soros is like buying all the, I think it was like rumored yeah. buying those bricks from brick Acme and is like, Hey, here you go. Why are these bricks stacked so <laughs> nicely around this yellow tape? So conveniently for protesters to throw out through windows, like it's, it's <laughs> that's planned. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. my god! I remember all those pictures showing of like all these uh bricks just in the middle of the protests that were showing up, and I was like, no one's gonna report this. No one, obviously not, because Soros runs the news. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, runs right. the news. And then if you look at who was like who made up Antifa, not, I mean, drug abuse, like. Addiction is no joke. Like addiction is not something to be talked about lightly. But mm -hmm. these people look like they were battling some addictions. Who's to say they weren't bought off to be part of Antifa? Because oh yeah, you want to like help Absolutely. you know propel this narrative? I'll pay you this much money. Yeah, shit, I don't care. I can go buy my shit. Like these don't look like people who care about how the narrative goes. You want a brick of coke? Go throw this brick in a window. Literally. <laughs> all, I, all I want to say is that the, the hypocrisy with Antifa, you know, they're anti-fascist, but yet they're very fascist themselves. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I, I see that, and they call themselves Antifa. I remember in the beginning, I was like, oh, that's cool. They're anti-fascism. And then I, far, I started looking into what they were doing. I was like, but isn't that fascism? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And even it might like, be by design too, because like I said, the elites. I feel like they like making us look stupid. So um, one of the main ideas that sparked this idea for me was um, the Jesus Christ painting. I just found out that the oh, Jesus yeah. Christ that we currently accept, you know, the white, almost Spanish-looking Jesus. Apparently, I found out that that's actually a painting of a uh, Cesare Borgia, and mm -hmm. um, he invaded. And had all the paintings of Jesus Christ destroyed and redone to look like him. So it's almost like people who are worshiping and praying for these, for for G, uh, to Jesus in this image of quote unquote Jesus, 
they're almost bastardizing the truth, you know, as a parody. Mm -hmm. And they don't take into consideration that people are putting their whole energy and their whole life into this. And it's like, like you said about the sports team, I feel like they, the people on top understand like, Hey, these people can get really, really um, into and passionate about sports. How can we use that energy into something else? Let's do politics, you know, red and blue. It's, it's, I don't know. It's like I said, it's, it's a lot of layers to sift through to finally get a breath of fresh air of I'm free. (laughs) And if you think about it, like if Jesus was from, you know, tell him (laughs) he would actually be a darker skin. Like he wouldn't be mm-hmm. this white dude. He would actually be a little bit darker. Probably wasn't his likely ideal image. So that's just, again, just thinking You're about gonna it. You're going to upset a lot of white Christians. No. That's not true. I know, right? That's not true. <laughs> no. <Nah. laughs> <laughs> He's or white. Maybe he was Korean Jesus. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> Korean Jesus. <laughs> you, know what, you know what's wild, no, though? Um, in, in the yoga spiritual community, so Swami Yogananda, his name is Paramahansa Yogananda. He's the one that actually brought yoga to the U.S. He had this vision um, while he was meditating in India that, and then he needed to go bring yoga to the West because we were going to need it. It's, it's so wild. There's a documentary on, on prime. I highly welcome, recommend that you all watch it. Um, if someone wants to find the title, but just, just type it on a yoga Nanda, uh, all A's except for the O. <laughs> and um, <laughs> he brought why, why am I bringing this up in Japan? There are sites that apparently Jesus had visited. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So cool. And it's not talked about. Um, Yes. That's the thing. And then there's another thing. Somebody was like, maybe Jesus knew Reiki because he was able to like touch people. And maybe he was like, it was apparently he spent time in. I'm wrong here. I'm just shooting out the dome. He spent time in Tibet or something like that with like mm-hmm. something like that. Right. And he uh-huh. learned no, you're right. healing modalities. And that's why he was able to like apply these practices and heal people. So I think that that is like something so wild. But I, I think it's so oh, fascinating. What I'll say is to those that are listening, this is the gap because if you read the Bible, yes. it only talks about his his childhood. And then when he when he comes back as mm-hmm. you know Lord and Savior, I guess. <laughs> but uh, this this is the gap that we're talking about. <laughs> this is the gap we're talking about. Where what happens? The Hakuna him, Matata you know? phase of Jesus. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of thought that he he found uh, he got a lot of teachings in in Asia, kind mm-hmm. of like uh, Buddhism, probably Hinduism as well going mm-hmm. into Japan, learning their culture as well. So, and he brought a lot of that back to Israel, I guess. Uh, Jesus yeah. did psychedelics. I'm sure. I'm pretty sure, but it's crazy oh, because <laughs> Christians, Christians will, will point, will just throw out the, the excuse of, Oh, he went to the desert and he, he fasted and the devil tried to tempt him. And then he, he, he just he came out on top. came back on top. Which, yeah. But just to, to add <laughs> to your point of Jesus going to Japan, I watched this video talking about how um, in Jerusalem, it's a well-known trade site 
like as far as goods go, I don't know mm-hmm. whether it's spices or whatever. So it would make sense mm-hmm. for there to be a lot of trade routes from China, Japan, and other countries in, into Jerusalem. So mm-hmm. the story is that Jesus had a brother. He had a twin brother, apparently. And his twin brother swapped into his place and was the actual person that got crucified. And the real Jesus escaped in those trade routes to Japan and lived a new life over there and studied Buddhism. And yeah, there is a town in in, in Japan where, weirdly enough, they dress like people in Jerusalem in robes and stuff. And there is so, they so called the Silk Road. I don't know if it's a Silk Road, but they say that his tomb is over there. There's there's a place that they they worship every Easter or something. They they do like the ceremony over there. So. Yeah, I did hear that Jesus went and studied Buddhism and, and yoga, which is a perfect segue to what we're going to talk about. But crazy. It's fucking yeah, crazy. It's crazy. People are going to say, Jesus didn't go to Japan. That's <laughs> that's not true. But then, yeah. okay, I don't, like, how is that impossible? You guys believe he walks on water. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> how's the idea of him going to Japan? Healed the sick, brought, you know, brought the dead back to life, walked on water. But he water to wine. Japan. Water to wine, made two fish, you know, two fish to feed the, you know, a lot of people, I guess, that kind of thing. <laughs> he did all of that, but he didn't go to Japan. <laughs> the history yeah. was written by the winners, you know, you like, all, I say this, yes. like, it's only, they're only going to tell us what we actually need to know. And historians even say, we only really know like 50% of what's actually happened. Billy Carson, he has an Instagram channel. Um, he's He's been... Mm-hmm. He's become increasingly popular. Forbidden knowledge. It's with the forbidden knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, forbidden knowledge. And he talks about like the Anunnaki. And I haven't dived into his channel a lot, but he talks about like how these were basically like our predecessors mm-hmm. um, and like and, th- and things like that. But um, going into yoga and spirituality and stuff like that. Um, well, what was the question that you want to start off with? Because there's so many ways that I can dive into this. Right. So. Perfect segue right now. We're talking about the matrix and the system that we've created that have has kind of caused these uh, habits that have kind of been detrimental to our well-being and our health. And a lot of people say to combat that or to unplug from the matrix, you either do psychedelics, right? You, um, you go to nature, either go on a hike or you go camping or you practice meditation and you get into yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, what is kind of the origin of yoga is that like because uh, I just watched this uh, documentary on the Tibetan monks of yoga. Mm-hmm. What is from from your understanding? What is the purpose that yoga was created for, and what is the origins of that? Was it more so to unplug from the matrix, or was it just like a spiritual practice that was kind of simple that we've mysticized over the years? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. So Patanjali is actually he was like a revered scholar in the yoga tradition. Um, and he created um, in the in the Yoga Sutras. He wrote the eight limbs of yoga. So yoga, as most of us knows it, which is like actual poses and you know postures and things like that. That's actually called asana, which means uh, seat, and that's the third limb of yoga. I'm referencing this really quick because I, I want to make sure I don't like mess this up. But just really quickly to go through the day, the different eight limbs of yoga. Yoga is so much more than just core power yoga mm-hmm. um, <laughs> i like, <laughs> like uh, <what? laughs> i know right like I, I never took core power 
no offense to anybody who takes it, you know, if it gets into yoga, that's amazing. For me, it seemed like a very westernized version that focused on abs and getting slim. That's mm-hmm. not what original yoga is focused on. Um, but like the eight limbs of yoga are basically like these core principles to focus on. And it's like your compass to serve a, a meaningful and purposeful life. So the first one is called yamas. And that's basically like what you're taught in kindergarten, like the ethical considerations. So I'll make the, I'll translate this to English. But the first one is ahimsa. Satya, Asteya, Brahmakarya, and Apigraha. So Ahimsa means nonviolence. It's like practicing self-love. Mm-hmm. The one of the Yama, this is still the first limb of yoga. This is branching off into five different Yamas. Uh, satya means truthfulness, means telling the truth, all for silence if your words would do harm. Asteya means non-stealing. You know, obviously not stealing actual objects, but not stealing other people's time or mm-hmm. energy. Uh, Brahmakarya means like chastity, fidelity. So that's like using your energy wisely, avoid excess and overindulgence. And then apagraha means like you are enough, you're you're everything that you already have. That's like not coveting. So this is probably like a lot for a lot of you to take in, but this is like what yoga came from and what this is like mm-hmm. where it's you know centered around. The second limb of yoga is niyamas. Saucha means like leave a place cleaner than you found it. Cleanliness. Santosha mm-hmm. is contentment. Don't worry, be happy. The third is tapas. This is like the fire. This is like where, like in yoga, like holding chair pose for like a long time, you want to create that friction because that's where change comes in. That's where like you really like learn and metamorphize. That's like your mm-hmm. willpower and your self-discipline. Um, Sadvaya is like study of self and sacred scriptures, learning from your mistakes and Ishvara Pradhana, which is like having faith, surrender to the divine. To, to the divine. So the first land was Yama's you know, the nonviolence, like the kindergarten kind of teachings. Um, mm-hmm. is the second limb. And then the third is asana. So that's the actual physical postures because it's kind of, you can think of yoga as like a moving meditation. I love yoga because it's like you are your own competition. You are different every single day. Um, you might be good at one balanced posture one day, but it might be really difficult the next. Um, and it really doesn't allow you to think about anything outside of yourself you can truly only focus on that posture or that balance at that moment in time. If you think about something else, you're not going to be able to stay in that posture. And that's one of the reasons that I've come to love it is because it helps you to just, you know, tune in, drop out, whatever, you know, and it's, it's just incredible. Like if, if any of you haven't taken a yoga class before, I highly, highly recommend it. Um, I used to go to raw yoga. It's in Costa Mesa. So plug mm-hmm. right there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, to raw sushi. Fourth, yeah. <laughs> oh, um, uh, the fourth limb of yoga is pranayama. So that's breathing, breath work. There's okay. um, this dude, his name is Stanislav Gro. He knew Terrence McKenna. He knew um, Ram Das and created oh, holotropic breath work. And it's a way for you to like access. Um, uh, like basically like psychedelic states of awareness um, by just mm-hmm. different breathing methods. Like holotropic and, breathing type, like yes. that type of stuff. Okay. Yes. He founded that. There's on another good documentary on Amazon prime. Um, the fifth limb of yoga is Pratyahara. It's like ex- withdrawing from external stimuli um, to enhance internal awareness. So everything about yoga helps you kind of be like the dolphins that we talked about earlier. It helps you mm-hmm. be in a present moment to like de-stress rejuvenate and like come back to yourself um dharana is a practice of intense concentration so for example you could focus on a flame of a candle 
that's something that's really interesting. You could focus on a flame of a figure like Jesus, a Buddha, mm -hmm. a, a Paramahansa Yogananda, and it's intense concentration that helps you not think about anything else, to not overthink. So you can reduce depression, you can induce anxiety, not worrying about the past or the future. It's helping you stay present. Um, Dhyana is a state of being keenly aware without focus. Uh, what artists and athletes know as a flow state mm, when you're okay. really into that project, when you're, you know, just really into like your training and like you have this flow, you're just like in it. You're not worried about anything else. That is what you call Diana. So unaware, uh, un I should say unknowingly, a lot of people practice yoga in their day to day and just don't label it as such, which is really cool. The last state of yoga is called Samadhi. They, it's actually a really interesting documentary on this on, on uh, Amazon as well. There's a part one, part two. It's basically going beyond duality. It's going beyond the black and white, you know, left to right, happy, sad. Mm -hmm. It's just like, that's what like transcendence is, the connectivity with the divine. Um, and that's like the ultimate state of, of yoga, of human beings, of just, you know, what Buddha says, enlightenment. So... Mm -hmm. There's so much to yoga that we are not aware of um, uh -huh. that's been westernized so much. But you can see why uh, Paramahansa Yogananda, a.k.a. Swami Yogananda, had this vision to bring it to the U.S. And he was super well-known, well like renowned back then until his name got smeared and he had another vision to like come back and like still reteach it to the West. And it's like if he had that vision to teach people, especially the U.S., about yoga, you know, what was it for? It was to handle things like post-pandemic life, you know, people who took the job thinking that they were doing a better service, but finding out that it didn't go through the right clinical trials. It didn't have proper longevity studies, longitudinal studies to make sure that it didn't have a detriment on our DNA, um, that it didn't turn into this, you know, more terrible thing. And, you know, just people having like, this like for me it's like going to a concert is like forever going to be different like mm -hmm. i love rage against the machine and rage against the machine was like but you yes. must be stabbed and it's like you're not rage against the machine <laughs> yeah yeah rage with the machines <laughs> raging with the machine yeah right yeah. and i was like so bummed i was like no zach why you gotta do that <laughs> so it's um it just points to you like are these people bought out are they really thinking that like we're doing better because we're participating in these things should we just trust people because they're in a white coat you know because they're a government entity you mm -hmm. know there's some place in chile or brazil they like how they were doing like a new segment and they all had their masks off and then they were on air live and the camera <laughs> was like, you're on air. And they're like, Oh snap. And they like all suddenly put on their masks and it's crazy. Um, like a lot of public officials, they got the jab, but the, the needle would bend. It was like flexible. Or yeah. The skin. It's like, how am I trust you? like, how am I supposed to trust that this thing is actually like good for me? You know? So it just, it goes to that. Mm. But Yoga is so much more than just postures and getting, you know, a six pack and doing like this hot yoga. Mm -hmm. It's really sad because uh, Bikram, uh, he took hot yoga. Um, if anybody's familiar, it's basically 90 minutes. It's in like a high humidity, 106 degree class. It's amazing. I love doing hot yoga. Don't call it Bikram anymore because he actually like, uh, he sexually assaulted a bunch of his students. Yeah, I heard some shit went down with him, right? Oh, some no. scandal. Yeah. Wow. yeah, yeah, it's it's terrible. So you know, there's people taking advantage 
of people wanting to become whole, you know, become, you know, centered. And uh, it, it's just terrible. Like it's, it's always going to be happening. So like for me, I like staying with like classical yoga. There's so much benefit to it. I think everybody should try it. It's my personal church, to be honest. And you can practice mm-hmm. it anywhere. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I watched this documentary on, like I said, the yogas of Tibet, and they were talking about how um, their secret, th- their techniques were kind of more secret and and sacred, and they would kind of keep it hidden and be very selective of who they taught it to. Mm. And I guess it wasn't until the Chinese Communist Party started really fucking Tibet up, where they were forced to move west and build monasteries in the Western world. And from there, kind of start teaching it to the people where I agree with you. I feel like could kind of use it right now. Um, But it sounds like from there and from what you say, what yoga really is. And I can relate because like doing martial arts and stuff, you see like, Mm -hmm. like boxer size, cardio kickboxing stuff where it's like, you know, if, if you're trying to really defend yourself and you go to like this cardio boxing stuff, you can get smacked up real fast, you know, because this. This workout cardio stuff is, they're just patterns. Like you don't know, you're, it's mindless movement of patterns that you don't know the why of what you're doing, which yeah. I feel like is also the camera um, apparent. It's also apparent in yoga. Like you do these poses, like let's say you go to core power yoga. You don't yeah. know why you're doing chair pose or child pose. You're just fucking doing it, right? Um, and one thing that I did learn in yoga going, I practice yoga maybe like in and out for about two to three years. And what I learned is I kind of go on my own pace. Some of these instructors, they go too fast. You're supposed yeah. to breathe with a pattern, right? Yes. And like you go too fast. I can't really get in my inhales and exhales into transition to the moves that I've kind of learned to just hear what they're saying and just kind of do it on my own pace. But I would imagine like the beginners just trying to keep up, look kind of like they've done yoga and they're not looking like the slow ones, but really they're not really sinking their breath and really reaping the benefits of doing yoga the right way. Um, How do you feel about the fragmentation of, of yoga? Because I mean, as a whole, it's, it's magic. Like the breath work, I I totally see how that translates into um, different chain reaction as far as like your, your circadian rhythm, your heartbeat, your mood and all that. But do you, do you feel like kind of like this conspiracy stuff where it's it's so fragmented that it's kind of discouraging to kind of put the pieces together? Or are you kind of like a beacon to try to take people from those core power and be like, hey, this is kind of the real reason people do yoga and this is why? Yeah, so um, the camera died, so we had to switch. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> no worries. You know, the fragmented yoga, I mean, it just depends, like – It takes 200 hours to get your yoga teacher training certification and technically anyone can get certified. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think it's a constant, you know, practice of being a student in life, being a student of yoga to help people understand why you're doing these poses, why you want to do yoga and making sure that you're doing proper inhales and exhales, because that is core to keeping a flow to you know, optimizing your practice basically, it's like you're breathing in oxygen, you're letting out carbon dioxide. Like that 
that practice of you know optimizing your breath is everything that is like what what heals you that's what reduces mm -hmm. your stress um ujjayi breath for example is where you close your mouth you only inhale and exhale out of your nose like you're fogging up a mirror and what mm -hmm. it does is it actually slows down your heart rate and it helps your body cool down faster in hot yoga so that's like a different way that you can like um like like better your breath but um, when you say like fragmented, like version of like core power <laughs> versus like what Patanjali's eight limbs of yoga is, um, do you mean like how, like what I want people to know true yoga? Is that what you mean? So I, talking to a lot of people about the boxer size type of thing, I I'm still at that phase. I don't think I've, I've surpassed that understanding, but I still kind of think it's annoying, but there's other people that think, oh, it's a good thing because then it sparks the interest and then they can come to me and then I can kind of teach them the real reason, you know, how, how do you see right now with the fragmented yoga? Because there's, there's people that kind of yeah. Yeah, present yeah, yeah. yoga in, in a bad light, like, like Bikram, you know, as good as the practice is like, why did you have to do that? Now it makes it harder for me to start my practice, you know? <laughs> yeah. I totally know what you mean. So People practice yoga for different reasons. Mm -hmm. Like the athletic community, really like any industry, there are yogis out there who do not abide by like these eight limbs of yoga. They do it for like a very mm -hmm. selfish reason or they're like, I'm the best, most flexible, awesome yogi practitioner there is out there. Look at me and my, and my Instagram, you know, like that's, mm -hmm. that's not yoga. Um, when, I see that it's like, okay, like you like, you like this dopamine rush of like what yoga has brought for you, which is like, you know, it makes you feel good because you exhibit yourself on this, in this type of way, um, you know, whatever makes you happy. I think everybody has a journey. Um, when I first did yoga, my mom was the one that used to practice. She took me when I was like 10 to LA fitness and yeah. <laughs> like, oh, like this is cool. And I was actually a cheerleader from like eight years old to 20 years old. So like I had that background, that advantage of flexibility, I guess, and, and balancing and knowing how to like distribute my body and like um, just having a good sense of, of my body. So mm -hmm. I think that like gave me a leg up. But I, I think like if I wanted to like be a beacon to people, it would just, you know, on my website, Fiat Lux Yoga, like you can see that like I think that it's really tied to breath being present and like vulnerability like yoga allows you to like like undo layers like there's certain poses for example like you can do reclined butterfly which is like you know if you sit with your soles of your feet touching and you're laying with your back on the ground you can actually like open up your hips and your hips are actually centers of your body that store a lot of information and memory so many people like will do these poses and they'll start crying in class out of nowhere because like you store so much stress and memory in your hips. So when you open them and you're doing these like particular poses, it's like, wow, I didn't realize that I could get like this kind of like uh, relief or like this type of treatment just from like doing a recline butterfly. Like there's mm -hmm. so many hidden wow. things to it. I like, I like what yoga does like, not just like for the psyche, but like also like for your body. There's certain poses like twists are really good for your digestion. There's good um, if you do like inversions, that's really good for like getting you blood, new blood flow to your brain. Um, there's so many different reasons why, you know, it helps people. Um, I've seen people who were like were immobile or like didn't have very good mobility. Suddenly, like they're doing like awesome crow poses and stuff like this. Like It's just things that you never would thought 
you could do. It actually increases your bone density. So it's good for people to practice um, because it does that. So there's just like so many benefits. And I think that I would want to tell people like why it can be helpful and why you should try it out because it helps you not think about politics. It helps you not mm -hmm. think about what's going on in the world. And it helps you recenter and feel good about yourself so that you can go forward and maybe have energy and, you know, have the motivation to want to give back. Um, something right. I wanted to say earlier about like how we were talking about, you know, animals and like how we like, like just nature in general, mm -hmm. Wi-Fi is based off of like fungi networks, off of like tree networks. And like yoga, there's like different poses. There's tree pose, um, you know, there's tiger's pose, there's crow pose. And it's like, it's all revered about animals. And I think it's just like another reminder and just another layer of like where we should be going back to. Like trees will send out like the resources. They can actually, it's like, oh, this is like my sister tree or like this is like my child tree and they'll actually give nutrients or they can actually like give signals of danger. It's crazy. It's crazy, crazy. Like we can learn so much just by like going back to the basics and, you know, That's like seeing like not over complicating things, just keeping it simple. Next time I forget where I put my keys, I'm going to do that pose and see if I can remember it. <laughs> they cried tears of joy like I knew it. I, I, like, I knew it was there. It's <laughs> <laughs> on the floor. Oh, there it is. <laughs> you know, it, it catches on and everyone's in their house doing that pose just because they can't find something. I, like, well, I remember it. Yoga. <laughs> I will say though, um, because I, I started doing the core power in the LA Fitness Yoga during like a very stressful time in my life and yeah. The solace and serenity I felt after a yoga session, you know, because you lay in like your child's pose and you, you kind of just relax and they spray that spray and they send you off yeah. like a meditation or something. Mm -hmm. Honestly, there's been times where I've just wanted to stay there because I've never yeah. felt at peace other than there. You know what I mean? So it's one of those things I keep saying on the podcast where if you do something good for the wrong reasons, you'll still reap benefits. So even yeah. if it's very surface level where it's just being more flexible, <clears throat> like the digestive system stuff, like people don't really consider that as far as the benefit of yoga, but it really yeah. makes sense. If you just think about it physically, like you're shifting your organs and they're doing these poses that you don't naturally do, especially if you're just working a nine to five in an office job and driving home in traffic and going to sleep or watching TV, like you're never really in like chair pose or, or like tree pose and stuff. Yeah. Every, yeah. Everything that you described about, you know, yoga, like I had no idea. I've never done it before personally. I didn't know that it was so involved in like the philosophies and the lessons within it, mm -hmm. but I'm sure, um, you know, because it's so hard to catch someone's attention nowadays. Like, you know, everybody kind of has a short attention span sometimes where there, there's probably a lot of instructors who are teaching these things to, you know, their yoga students without mm -hmm. even necessarily explaining like what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're just thriving off of that feeling. Yes. Uh, a, which is crazy, though, you know? And like, I'd even add on to why. Like I was saying, I'd even add on. They don't know what they're, you know, what they could be explaining to their students, but even the why, what's the intention behind what we're doing? Yeah. Right. yeah. They're just selling the feeling. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, let's say Christina was teaching a class and that person started crying because of the hip thing and Christina had no idea about why that happened. She's like, oh, well, come next week. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so I can't explain anything. That's kind of weird, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like people like, wouldn't be aware, like 
it, when you're ending yoga after Shavasana, like they say corpse pose is like one of the hardest poses because you have to lie there. And for those of you who don't know, Shavasana is at the end of a yoga practice and you literally just lie there. And the hard part is not touching your face, not readjusting, not wiping <laughs> that sweat, that bead of sweat. The, um, itch. <laughs> and the itch. And just staying still, you know, like being still present aware. And then at the end after that, you end in fetal pose which is like, like rolling over on your left side or your right side, like how you would fall asleep in bed. So it's kind of like also like signaling to like the cycle of life, corpse pose, like reborn into like this fetal pose. If you lie on the left side, that's your yin, that's like relaxation, that's like more the creative side. If you roll over onto your right pose, that's like you want more energy, um, that's the masculine side, it's like more structured. So there's so much to it than just, you know, warrior one, warrior mm -hmm. two, you know, but it's so incredible. Like just laying in child's pose, I know exactly what I mean. It's like I can just stay here for like yeah. nine minutes and I'll be happy because <laughs> <laughs> like you don't always have to know why it like feels good or why it's like doing good for you, but just that mere practice. And as I said earlier, it's like yoga is just a different journey for everybody. Um, it just it just depends on the teacher, you know do they want to help you look really great in a bikini or do they want to help you, you know, find more self, like, you know, centeredness or mm -hmm. maybe a little bit of both. Do you want like a little bit of a history lesson of like, you know, why tapas is like awesome while you're sitting in chair pose. So I think for those of you who are thinking about doing yoga, haven't tried it before, I've done one class and you've been meaning to go back, like, you know, do it and just, you know, find the right teacher and like, see what works for you. Mm -hmm. Is there, um, we're getting to that two hour Mari, so I'll kind of wrap it up with this. Mm -hmm. One of the, one of the interesting points I saw in the documentary was the reason that people were very secretive about teaching their practices to outsiders was they didn't want the teachings to get diluted or, yes. um, kind of be bastardized or be tainted in any way. Is there any, because I'm not really into the yoga scene, but is there any yogi? Are there any yogis or teachers that are very highly acclaimed as far as the pure lineage of their teachings, where they do get all eight limbs and the whole, like the quote unquote the yoga to do, you know? Right. Like the creme de la creme. <laughs> um. So uh, I mean, I'll be honest. I have I been out of the game for a little bit since becoming a mom and like working from home um, <laughs> <laughs> but there was somebody that I really liked um his name is his name is Dylan let me try to find it he's with aloe yoga I believe Dylan Werner yoga he has amazing poses um I liked his philosophy he doesn't seem like he flaunts himself just for like the fame. He truly shows like what his body, his body is capable of. Dylan mm -hmm. W-E-R-N-E-R -E -E yoga. He has like 813,000 followers on Instagram. Um, I highly recommend checking him out. I like him as a yoga practitioner. Um, there are some people like, it's just hard. Like, you know, I always have like, uh, like a, I don't know. I'm just always like, taking a hesitant that's what i'm looking for i'm always hesitant mm -hmm. to like buy into whatever somebody's selling me on instagram it takes me like a little bit to digest and be like are you somebody that i trust are you somebody that i would want to take advice from so um right. that's the first person that pops into my mind okay well well we are hitting that two hour mark and i know you're in a different time zone so we want to be mindful of how long we keep you here uh so 
let's go ahead and wrap this up. I just want to say thank you, Christina, for being on our podcast. You've definitely brought a lot of good talking points to us. And, you know, I've had some fun talking and cracking some jokes with you guys. And mm-hmm. I think it's been great. <laughs> um, but I feel like we could talk more into that yoga stuff. So hopefully we can have you on again for another Absolutely. podcast if you're interested. If after you sure. experience it, hey, this is cool. I'll do it again. So I hope <laughs> that's the kind of idea you have after leaving this podcast. So um, before we sign off, I just want to say um, thank you for coming on. Um, and if there's any, uh, I want to give you this opportunity to go ahead and tell people um, if you have anything coming up that they should be looking out for or where they can find you if they want to connect with you. Absolutely. You know, I'd love to come back again. This is so much fun talking with all of you on the cave. Um, I do and am going to be starting up my yoga page again. It's Fiat Lux Yoga, F-I-A-T-L-U-X-Yoga.com. You'll see my IG on there that I have not posted in a very long time. But it's just because I've been trying to be very present as a mother. But Mm -hmm. I love teaching. I love practicing. And I can't wait to get back into it. You'll see my website on there as well. And, you know, if you're ever interested in a private consultation, I'm always open to it. Hit me up. You can also follow me on my personal Instagram, which is Spice of Tina, just as it sounds. And, you know, I'll be happy to connect and, you know, discuss any questions that you have, comments, even concerns. I love talking, you know, you know, being devil's advocate and seeing how else I can help. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you for coming thanks on. For thanks for, yeah, thanks for coming on. There Absolutely. You go. So, of course, have is- a great evening. My name is Jerade. You have Danny, PQ, and Jarrell. This is The Cave. And tonight's guest was Christina. And we hope to have you again. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We'll have you guys on next time. Can't wait to return. Uh, All right. Thank you. Take care, guys. Later. Yeah. You know, it may not look like it, but I'm the... Uh, he is the cave. I actually teach Yogi myself. Uh, you know, Yogi Bear. I'm it, the cave. It, 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 it.